All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Break the Rules, the Break the Rules live stream. I am your host, Lev Polyakov at Lefpo on Twitter. It is a great pleasure to be here with Jack Murphy. He is an author, a great inspiration. Uh, I'm not really sure like what specific title I would put on uh, Mr. Murphy, but uh, just reading his book from Democrat to Deplorable, which I highly recommend everybody do. The full title being Democrat to Deplorable, Why 9 Million Obama Voters Ditched the Democrats and Embraced Donald Trump. Um, just that, plus all the things that were in the book as far as uh, how you came about, uh, how you... Uh, took care of uh, so many uh, kids in uh, D.C. when it came to the charter school that you were operating and what happened from there. I would definitely love to get into the whole thing with you as far as uh, your men's organization, Liminal Order. So I think there's going to be plenty of wonderful things for us to uh, discuss here. And of course, with us, we have Giovanni Penicietti. Bella. <laughs> and the great Tom Sauer joining us back in. Once and you again. Guys, yes, and you guys are friends, right? One of our most right? controversial guests, believe it or not. Which yes. is so weird because I'm so not controversial. I feel as I am. But the chat always lights up when you're around. It's hilarious. Um, I think I just piss people off because I just break their dreams, I guess. I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> I, break, I break some of their dreams, I suppose. And, and the rules is, oh, oh, we said it. Break the rules. But, um, but Mr. Murphy, you, uh, you've interviewed some of the most prolific thinkers of our time. And you call yourself a journalist. But yet I'm having trouble because you look like a very um, powerful man. You have the ZZ Top beard, which, by the way, the, the Dugan interview that I, I watched when it first came out, uh, you both had the dueling uh, beards length. I loved it. But you don't look like, um, how shall I put this, as our friend Bronze Age Pervert would say, you don't look like a hideous cryptoid. You don't look like a Dylan Matthews type. <laughs> You're not a bug, bug man. man. exactly. Yeah, but, no way. So, I'm not a bug man. I believe in the sun and the steel. That's why we're here, man. 100. Yeah. percent And you know, if all those journalists you think of, if the word journalist in your mind doesn't conjure up somebody with big giant balls and fortitude <laughs> forever, then we've got a serious problem. And that's just a testament to what you see out there right now and the weakness. Like those losers at the bulwark today, putting out that huge smash piece on Claremont. Twelve thousand oh, words of telling oh. everybody why Claremont Institute is awesome. <laughs> I, I want to get her on BTR. That would be something, you know, no, like Claremont, to be able to. Not, not Claire Lehman. Claremont Institute. No, 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 no. I don't. No, I, I Claire Lehman separately, but in general, I think oh, it would be interesting. The, like. Uh... Yes. Yeah, so, uh, Jack, if you were, and we're kind of skipping ahead, but I am curious, if you were to talk with uh, the people who were responsible for this particular article, well, first of all, would they be interested in talking with you? Like, do you see that there is a divide right now, or are there some people from that side who would be interested in talking with you? Kind of like Wait, you were talking about the bulwark. Yeah, the, the bulwark. Weekly standard losers. No, yes. man, they they, uh, they left me and Spencer Clavin off their hit list. And I think both of us were just a tiny bit, tiny bit miffed. They went all the way down the list. Anton, Beatty, yep. Ryan Williams. Uh, they even, let's see who else did they go after. They, oh, Jack, uh, Jack Posobiec, uh, Charlie Kirk, who is going to be a Lincoln fellow with me this year uh, in August at Claremont. They went after everybody. It's basically just, you know, it was 12,000 words explaining why the Weekly Standard is a bunch of losers and why the Claremont folks are not only the present, but the future. 
because they see what's happening. They're connected to the youth. They host, even if they don't agree with him, and they don't, but they've hosted Bronze Age Pervert. They've given him a platform. We've had dialogues. I've hosted dialogues between Curtis Harbin and Michael Anton. We're all talking. That was a great episode, by the way. That was uh, monumental. Thank but you. That was to... awesome. And you know what? They're still talking. They're still talking too. They hosted a couple more podcasts after mm. that. I thought that was mm. awesome. But I and, by, and by the way, we also have a Daniel oh, Itfrense yeah. here. I just want to say real quick, Daniel, thank you so much for coming back in. I really appreciate it. Daniel is a young rising up and comer. The first time I met him, I saw him with a big Thomas Sowell book in his uh, in his uh, knapsack. So, uh, Daniel, thank you so much for coming in. While Jack is going off somewhere, I just want to say everybody who is watching who has not subscribed, subscribe right now. This is what we do during all the gaps of time. Subscribe, subscribe, keep subscribing. <laughs> Patreon, all that good stuff. You know me. I'm always in salesman mode. Carl anyway, you got to do it. Share it, share it, because all this stuff is being suppressed. There's no question about it. And the only way to really get the word out is to give the links to your friends, post it to your other social media, send it out an email call your friend up and be like yo check out this podcast because that's the only way we're going to beat the algorithm absolutely in fact i'm going to post it in the chat right now the exact link to the twitter uh link so share that but anyway uh jack you've also by the way uh you talked with uh, vox day uh and you were supposed to speak with uh, richard spencer before that but he didn't want to so yeah. well, the first the first question that I want to ask you, I know Gio has a question too, but I'm really curious about this. When it comes to the people who are interested, even if they disagree with you in actually speaking, versus the people that want to create a big a big distance and just never even bother engaging. Uh, I mean, I guess you could say you saw that with Richard Spencer since he did not want to engage. But do you also see this with, let's say, the people who write hit pieces about you that they don't want to engage? Well, I mean, if, if I believe that if you gave me an hour in the room with anybody, by the end, they'd see it my way. That's how much I believe in what I'm saying. That's how real I think and how honest and accurate uh, our interpretation of things are. So that because of that, I doubt that they'll be too interested in engaging. Engaging with Richard Spencer was one thing. Vox Day was a very good interview and a good discussion. Haven't uh, haven't thought about that in a long time. That was back in 20, 2016, I think. Uh, and, you know, the guys out there that want to argue and be contrary, they don't want to engage, right? Like Matt Iglesias. Matt Iglesias and I live in the same neighborhood. I've seen him on oh, the street. No. I've introduced myself. I've talked to him in person. And every time I come across something of his where he seems like he's he's wavering, like he's about ready to take the red pill. I feel it. I can feel it. Maybe. Mm. So I extend the olive branch. and I say, buddy, come lift some weights with me. I'll coach you. I'll train you. I'll buy you a smoothie afterwards. And in between sets, we can talk about how Marxism is infused in CRT from top to bottom. He hasn't, he hasn't responded just yet. So uh, mm. it's interesting to see who says no and who says yes. Um, I'm open and willing to talk to anybody credible. Um, and and I, I enjoy the conversations. And frankly, I love being convinced to see the world a different way because that means I learned something that day. So That's I'm always great. open. I'm always open. That's very interesting. I remember uh, the magazine that's no longer with us. I used to write for that had some connection. Well, negative connection to Claremont people. It was called Thermidor Magazine, and we were, had this one article about Matty Iglesias. It was called Matty Iglesias American Psycho. I think you can still find <laughs> it in the Wayback Machine. But it really is about how his sort of neoliberal ideology is really for um, a massification of America through sheer just 
um, let's say, econometrics. And that is totally antithetical to, I think, the original American spirit. But what I wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you, well, of course, like your backstory and how you got here. But just really quickly, um, you're you're involved with people in the Claremont Institute, and I certainly enjoy a lot of those thinkers. I have a lot of disagreements. I'm much more, I guess, you know, akin to... Well, Dugan's argument, right, Lev? Um, right, sorry, Gio. That, that right, right. Um, but w how would you square the circle between the very pro-American, um, how shall you say, uh, yeoman classical constitutionalist um, bent of the Claremont people and with people that are more, let's say, exotic to the American experience I mean, we mentioned Bronze Age Pervert, but you also had an excellent interview recently with, uh, what's his name, Sorab Amari? Sorab Amari. Yeah. Yep. Like, how, like, and I'm much more favorable to him, especially being, you know, a Catholic myself. But how, how would you deal with sort of those contradictions of thinkers on the political right or who have been categorized as on the political right that are not necessarily of the, um, American maximalist constitutional interpretation that really see America as the promoter and the uh, in really the inflictor of this uh, all pervasive, let's call it global homogenous ideology. So, well, you know, that's a that's a tr tremendous question, and it's not one with any real answer. Uh, mm -hmm. There's no there's no squaring a lot of those circles, but uh, let's take that in pieces. Uh, dialogue, dialogue with anybody who is authentic and genuine and who wants to have a real conversation is willing to be challenged and willing to think about things. If you note in my interview with So Amari, there was a number of times where I'm like, I don't necessarily agree with everything that you're saying here, you know, and I didn't, I deliberately didn't attack because I wanted him to just keep sharing, right? And uh, he was excellent and he responded very well to my challenges and to my to my very authentic question line of question. Same with Dugan. You know, he responded in the same way. So did Bronze Age Pervert. So does Kerbis Yarn. So does Michael Anton. Any of these guys that are bringing their just true scholarship to the table to talk about the questions which are truly the most important ones uh, today. First of all, it's like is the United States today an expression of the founders' ideas? Are we exporting the founders' vision today under the name of universal human rights? I would say no, right? So if we are, if we are Claremont, and we're talking about Claremont's perspective, and they're trying to champion uh, the, 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 the role of the American founding and those values, et cetera, and are they also saying at the same time, which they are, we need a complete and total regime change? So then when somebody like Alexander Dugan will criticize uh, modern America's exports of culture, political, this idea of universal human rights and whatnot, you know, he's got a point. What are we exporting right now? Then you get into the arguments of if you're going to be a nationalist, well, then I think that you're actually acknowledging that there's other nationalists as well. And if there are other nationalists as well, well, then you have to have room in your analysis to respect the existence of other nationalists. Otherwise, you're not really a nationalist. You're an omni, you're an omni person, you're a universalist. One of the things that Dugan really hammers home is his idea of you know, ethnopluralism or just yep. a pluralism in general. And I asked my good friend and amazing scholar, Michael Millerman about mm. this question, about how, how do we square these ideas of universal, if you believe in God, 
then you go through the progression and you do end up with a notion of universal rights through natural law. Now, as I asked Michael about that, how do we square this idea that we have this way of doing things here and the way of doing things elsewhere and the way Michael described it to me, which is so eloquent and I'm having him and Spencer Clavin on together next month. I can't wait for that. He said that the light shines equally over uneven terrain. Mm -hmm. If you think about that, okay, God, natural law, natural rights, it's shining down on all of us, but we're all coming to it from different perspectives, different terrain, different areas. Some people are in the ravine, some people are on the mountaintop. So the light shines a little bit differently depending on where you are. And I think that that is what Dugan would say. Yeah. Okay. Because Dugan is an Orthodox, right? He's Orthodox. So it means he's Christian. So that means he believes in God. So that means he believes in natural, all those things. But at the same time, he also believes in pluralism. So it's a, it's, it's, I've been asking this question on Twitter for a long time. Are there universal rights without God? And the reason why I like to ask this question is because the democratic left believes that there are universal rights that they're trying to hammer and stuff down the throats of everyone all around the world and in the United States, but at the same time, disregarding the existence, denying explicitly the existence of God. Most of the atheists are on the left. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden's a fake Catholic. We know this. Yep. So they, they are at once trying to use the sunshine of God and universal rights as a way to promote whatever perverted vision that they have. And then when we tie all the way back a little bit more to So Rabbi Amari, when I asked him the different, what, what is freedom for? And he says, freedom is not to do license. And I'm not sure I agree with this yet, right? Like I'm, this is why I'm a journalist and not a, an activist per se. He says, that freedom is not freedom to run amok, but rather to do what's right. And so these are all the most important questions of our day. And I'm glad you brought them up right away. And there's no, there's no good answer. Well, the, like the, le the left is entirely Gnostic. And, but before we go, I wanted to ask the, yes. the panel um, and I wanted to get your um, backstory, but let me just say one thing really quick. I have a great, and hopefully he could come on the show one day. Uh, I have such a great love and respect for Michael Millerman. He is someone close to me because uh, I'm also a Canadian and I was following uh. that story when he was kicked out of the University of Toronto. I actually attended a debate. My, I'm, I'm from Niagara. Thank God I don't live in Toronto. Um, <laughs> I, I attended a debate with his first professor, his first supervisor when he was going through his doctorate. And, uh, let me just say after talking to him, because I, I knew the prof that organized it. She was my second reader. And I was talking to the guy a little bit after. And let me just say, um, I can entirely understand why uh, Millerman is incredibly embittered. Because the whole time I mentioned like, okay, what about this? What about that? He's like, no, that's all fascism. This is all fascism. Nietzsche, fascist. Um, Heidegger, fat. Well, I mean, Heidegger, I mean, well. But, <laughs> but uh, maybe before we ask the panelists to... Lev, like uh, you wanted to ask about his backstory and how he got here, mm. because you you really you you mentioned some stuff um, in your book, but also on on air, like uh, they got you kicked out of a little league game. You were a coach, not just the they, game, man. They got me. They got me banned from coaching little league altogether. I oh mean, we're, 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 tell me when you're ready to start on the backstory, because I can give it to you. Going to take just yeah, go ahead, right you, guys yeah, go. you guys ready? Yeah, for that? I'm I'm ready for the backstory. Like, how'd you arrive at becoming a journalist and? and yeah, and so forth. Well, the funny thing is, the only thing I ever wanted to be when I was a kid was a journalist. I dreamed of going oh. to Northwestern University, going to the <laughs> Medill School of Journalism. I thought that oh. was the only path for me. I was on the school newspaper. 
I got fired from my first journalism job for speaking the truth. So that should have actually told me what was coming. Quick little story. I was on the school newspaper. I was an editor. I got hired by one of these local newspapers that has like 20 of them in the area. I got hired to write a weekly update on my high school. Right. And it was supposed to just be like, oh, the cheerleaders did this. and The football team did that. And every week I would just fax it in and they would just run it. Well, one day the principal expelled a kid by setting him up and selling him fake LSD and kicked the kid out of school. And the kid was the A plus student and he was the leader of the band, drum major. So I didn't like that, man. I didn't like that at all. And so I wrote a, like 250 words critiquing them. I faxed it in. And I guess no one bothered to read it because they published it. And in this little group of 10 things all about all these different high schools and how great the cheerleaders are, there was mine right in the middle saying, my school sucks. This is stupid. Fascists probably said something like that. And I got fired, causing uproar or whatever. So I have no, uh, I'm, I'm not unaccustomed to controversy around the things that I write. But how did I get to be a journalist? Well, I got divorced <laughs> and I just, and I needed to figure out what was going on in the world. And so I just started, I started trying to like, how do I date? How do I meet girls? This is 2009. And 10. Oh, 2009. Yeah. Yeah. 2009. And I'm like, how do I figure out how to meet girls? So I start doing that. I get into game, start learning about feminism, start learning about radical feminism. And I just keep pulling on this thread, man. Keep pulling on thread. And I've literally pulled on the same thread all the way to this very day. I keep asking questions and I get a response. I ask another question, get a response. And I'm just, now we're all the way down to talking about universal rights and God and natural law and stuff, mm -hmm. because this is, you have to go all the way through all these questions to get there. But in terms of like my social media persona and, and whatnot, and my profile online in, in 2015 and 14, my good buddy, Mike Cernovich came to Twitter. He and I have been friends since like 2010, I suppose. And uh, long before either one of us were on Twitter or social media. And uh, he came to Twitter and he's like, hey, man, Twitter's funny. You should check it out. So I just I created an account. Uh, no followers, no nothing. I'm just following along. I'm tweeting to nobody, doing nobody things, writing blog posts that literally 100 people are reading. Uh, I'm writing about sex. I'm writing about feminism. I'm being trolly. I'm responding to Milo and his energy at the time. Super hardcore trolly, you know. And uh, eventually, I was in a picture with with uh, Jack Posobiec, Will Chamberlain, Cassandra Fairbanks, Chelsea Manning, okay, the mm -hmm. transgender whistleblower patriot, however you want to look at it, male, <laughs> who knows what's going on. And uh, we were just having fun. We just were socializing. Cassandra knows a bunch of people. She invited Chelsea out. We went and did an escape room. That picture, put that aside in your mind for a second, that picture laying dormant for months. A Night for Freedom in 2018, January, New York City. Chelsea Manning, Mike Cernovich's party. Chelsea Manning shows up and everybody freaks out. There are journalists from all over there. There's Antifa outside getting arrested, assaulting people. There was an assault oh, at, that, that, yeah. at that party that were the guys in prison. Yeah, prison. And it was a huge event. And there was all kinds of energy there. And Chelsea was there and the left freaked out that Chelsea was seen at a, you know, alt-right, whatever, you know, hardcore right uh, event. So I don't, nothing happened. I'm, I'm coming home from New York to DC on Sunday. I started getting all these texts. Are you a Nazi? Are you a racist? What's going on? Like, what are you talking about? 
Well, it turns out that that picture got unearthed. It got sent to, can we cuss on this one? Got sent to effing Yasher Ali, who without yeah, any you can regard. Cut. You can cuss. Without oh, certain any... gamer words try to avoid, but yeah, swear words you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, without any fucking regard for anybody in the picture, civilians, bystanders, or whatever, he tweets it out to his half a million people. This guy who's all against cancel culture and respects all people and elephants and everything. Fuck that guy. He tweets it out to half a million people, Huffington Post, and before you know it, everybody oh. in my life knows about it. They think I'm a Nazi and a racist. So that's Sunday night. I'm getting personal calls and texts. Monday, Antifa picks up on it. They they saw the picture of me with Chelsea. There was names, numbers above all the heads of us in this picture, above Jack, above Cassandra, above Will. These are just my friends. I'm not involved. I'm not a public figure or anything at this point. And above my head was a question mark. So Antifa's like cyber shock team went on the prowl. They backtraced it. However, they did. They figured out who I was, found out where I worked. And on Monday, ran a coordinated social media assault on my employer, calling me a Nazi and a racist. I'm an associate. They said I'm associate of Jason Kessler and Richard Spencer, which is all lies, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and then I got suspended and there was a fake investigation. Then I got fired a few months later by everything. I, not only did I get fired from my job. Then they printed out everything off of my blog, found out where I coached Little League, sent it to the Little League board, and urged the Little League board to fire me. These are just parents. They don't know what's going on. Of course, they're going to ban me. They don't want to deal with all this crap. And uh, that was the end of my Little League coaching, which had been going on for four years. And, uh, you know, it was a great time with my son. And uh, that was it. I got fired. I got shamed. I got named. I got shunned. I got exiled. I got banned from coaching Little League. I had no income, no job, no prospects, no nothing. That's me, January to June 2018. It's a dark time, guys. That was a dark time. Well, wait, they called you a Nazi, but aren't you and Le- well, you and Lev both share a yes. Well, you're a father. <laughs> uh, your father's line is Jewish. Your mother's line is Irish, and you even talked about in the book how you would celebrate both like Irish festivals and Jewish holidays and. Uh, I mean, that's another question I want to get into a little bit later. Like, where do you see culture playing a role in, uh, let's say, a much more multicultural society in certain respects? But uh, before that, I want to get to another firing that occurred even before that with the charter school that you helped form and, uh, you know, guide all these kids and uh, eventually these ladies. I mean, man, I wish Hotep Sophia was here because she was from the DCC and she knew all these, uh, uh, you know, Game of Thrones teams. here, uh, women who right. occupy various positions in the DC machine that are all connected, that all help each other, and you know that they are they're serious business. These ladies and uh, they they're they strike at idiots you. is what they are, man. <laughs> there, our board, our board. Of the, I was hired to turn around charter school. I was hired to turn around a couple actually because I was good at it. I was turning around this charter school. It had been like three point nine years of a four year plan. We were 95 yards down the field, ready to finish off the whole turnaround project. And they were like, oh, this doesn't look so hard. Why don't we do it? We need to have a person of color out front. We need a woman out front. We can't have this white dude out front. The school's 100% black. All the staff and I had a great relationship. I loved the kids. I loved everything about it. But they wanted to have a woman or a black woman. And in fact, they ended up hiring a black lesbian woman to replace me. 
Oh, that's so they, three points right there. That's I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? And so they they concocted a story that I had created a hostile work environment based on race and gender and that I was being all kinds of exclusive and discriminatory and all that. When ironically, the first day I showed up at to work there, the the uh, I was hired as a CFO. The, the executive director at the time handed me a pamphlet that said, here's how white people communicate. Here's how black people communicate. You need to learn how to, to communicate like a black person. That was day one. Okay. So that's so racist, creating. by the way. You know, the idea right. that black people have to communicate well, in a there, certain... There's the white voice, Lev. The yeah. white voice. Well, actually, I'm curious. Like, I want to I ask... Uh, violence. <laughs> yes. I want to ask Daniel, like, uh, what has been your experience? I mean, you're relatively younger than a lot of us. What has been your experience when uh, dealing with uh, similar things that uh, Jack is talking about? Like, would certain people assume that there has to be, like, a black voice versus a white voice, and there has to be some kind of a differentiation in terms of, like, how black people are supposed to act or talk and uh like what has been your experience when it comes to any of that stuff very interesting question and i in my personal experience i've exp i've gone to school in two completely different neighborhoods i went to a charter school myself for elementary and middle school uh the i i go to uncommon i went to uncommon schools uh in brownsville one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in brooklyn and now i go to brooklyn technical high school a uh one of the nine specialized high schools in New York City in Fort Greene. And so I've, I, I've experienced, I guess, all of Brooklyn, the wealthy and the poor. And I would say that uh, the, the students in the charter schools is pretty much 100% Black, a few Hispanics here and there. It was so Black that the only Hispanic in the class was regarded as white. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it there, <laughs> right? Um, uh, and yeah, it is a problem. I would say it is a problem, you know, uh, Black student, students erroneously assume that if you speak proper English, that you're speaking the white way, and that harms Black students who are meticulous in their studies. And the fact that it happens in charter schools as well goes to show how deep this problem is. Because if if this is happening in a charter school where the students are more meticulous, they're more they're more they're more meticulous with their work, they're studious, right? Charter schools, they don't choose anybody to be a student, right? There's there's a wait list for a reason. And they choose very hardworking students. If the hardworking students think talking properly is, speaking properly is is uh, speaking white English, then there it, the, the black community have, has a serious problem. You know, being able to speak the white way or to speak proper English is really actually being able to articulate the ideas that you want in the manner that you want it to be articulated in like when you when you articulate properly the, the english language isn't something that has been prescribed from above per se right it's been developed over thousands way more than thousands but over many years many centuries in order for you in order for you to for you to postulate whatever idea that you want without being hampered or without without being and I'm experiencing this right now right <laughs> I'm trying to like articulate a a, a, a an idea is in my mind but I'm unable to, to get it out but the English language has been developed over a long period of time for you to be able to turn those thoughts into into words and if the black community rejects that, then they've essentially forfeited 
their ability, example, to wield their own political capital, which in the other, uh, the other live stream last week, I talked about how political capital has ruined the Black community. And part of the reason why it has ruined, the, the part of the reason why the Black community itself has not been able to wield their own political capital, all right, there's, the reason why they aren't, is, they aren't able to is because they can't articulate what they want, but the Blacks who can articulate, the intellectuals, the anointed, the Black anointed, your Al Sharptons can, and they assume the role of mm -hmm. representative. Oh, can so, we back, the, back up for a minute? Um, just, just really quickly, uh, for people who aren't in America, what are, what is the charter school system like? How does it operate, and why is it different from? How is it different from? The, is it a private school system that you have to pay than the public? Well, the, a, the, a charter school system, they they operate with charters. All right, so it's a public school, so it's it's free, but they have they prescribe their own rules. For example, oh, okay, okay. in in New York City, I don't know if it's different uh, in other places in the country. In New York City, you, for example, have 40 minute blocks for each subject. But when I went to school, we had two hours for reading, one hour, one hour and 30 minutes for math. And that's just one charter that was different from normal public schools. There was many others like you have to, you know, wear a uniform and do other other things. Mm. But the, the main difference between charter, I mean, charter schools is essentially a, a free school that does things differently. You and mind it, if I step in here for a second? Yeah. A charter school is a publicly funded, privately operated school that is open to, to anybody within the district. And they mm -hmm. have, a, there's a system established that grants them additional autonomy in exchange for additional accountability. So charter schools have freedom within bounds to decide the curriculum, the class structure, their school calendar, disciplinary rules, et cetera, et cetera. But in exchange, they're supposed to have greater levels of accountability, meaning mm. if the school's trash, they get shut down, right? So in Washington, DC, for example, they're closing schools every year because every year their schools well at the bottom of the list and they're continuously trying to upgrade the quality of the school by closing bad ones and granting charters to new ones. And if this feels like a free market solution to education problem, it is, which is ironic to me because it's an extreme, <laughs> extreme right wing public policy approach to solving the issue that used to be a public good. And then in D.C., it's become a civil it's, it's a civil rights matter because the schools in D.C. for African-Americans were so poor and still are so poor. And this is the argument. So charter schools are meant to free up the kids from their crappy neighborhood school, give them the choice to get into a school that's going to operate in a way that serves it's, them. It's results, so, results based, in other words. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. Uh, but, you know, they start skewing the results in order to save schools and, and, mm. and hide the achievement gap and all of these things. And we can get into the nitty gritty on that if you want later. But the general idea is, is autonomy for accountability. And in the district, it's completely staffed with social justice warriors, CRT freaks. Like when Trump won, they closed the building, the, the central office that regulates the schools. They, they shut that down. They brought in, you know, therapists and crisis counselors and oh, all this, yeah, just, because Trump, this. Yeah. just because Trump, Trump was elected. So oh, there man. they are, this crazy left-wing SJWs operating in a system designed to be extreme right-wing market-based solution to a public issue, a public good. And we're seeing today 
this pushback against school choice from all over the board saying it's now it's now a right wing issue because they're trying to, you know, uh, inject their white nationalism or their white Christian nationalism and they're trying to, sh- you know, segregate and whatever. When the I fact wish. of the matter is that this stuff was <laughs> started, this stuff was started <laughs> as I'm a kidding. way to to free poor urban students from their terrible urban schools and give them a chance to succeed. And now it's being pilloried as a white nationalist, whatever, Nazi approach. But we all know that that's all bullshit. All that is is the teacher unions, Randy Weingarten and the rest, trying to preserve their power hold on our students and the money that is (laughs) education, my bros, is a massive industry massive industry here in ontario we have the most powerful teachers union in north america that you literally can't challenge politically in it by any means but is a church school still subject to common core or is that like just a given well they have they have to test on the standardized test so whatever the state whatever the state is elected to be their standardized test then they have to you know perform on that test they can provide whatever kind of curriculum they want but if they don't perform on that test the school you know they're they're not gonna stay open yeah yes yeah i took the state test but we had an uncommon curriculum for uncommon schools but uh, daniel you i wanted to get to tom but daniel just to finish up uh finish up your point but also i guess you know nature of the show and journalism blah 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 uh wouldn't you say that a counterpoint to play devil's advocate would be that these uh afro-american students that they are expressing their unique culture and isn't it wrong of us to inflict our largely uh, white anthropocentric, uh, mass, uh, male-centric um, standards upon um, African-American and indigenous populations. Like for example, in my country, the whole issue of the residential schools brings up cultural genocide and so forth. Do you think that blacks can, like black uh, African-Americans conforming to those standards is in some ways um, a form of cultural erasure? Or do you think that's as, a, as, a, as well, an African-American person yourself, you know. <laughs> well, I would, I would say that uh, the, the contention that, uh, the contention that forcing or not even forcing, but teaching uh, black kids how to speak proper English or telling them to pull their pants up and not listen to certain music or even ascribing uh, certain music and certain behaviors by black people as their culture is uh, insulting, right? It is not black culture to uh gangbang it is not black culture to not be held accountable it's not black culture to not study and do your work and be a good citizen right these are pathologies that transcend the black community these are pathologies that plague poor communities and the fact and the fact of the matter is the black community is a community that is not financially uh as competitive as other groups like asian americans the and the idea the idea that you know, uh, blacks are unable to uh, to adopt or to un- are unable to adopt or or to express Western beliefs is a lie. And honestly, the anointed, the elites, use this idea that blacks are inherently unable to, uh, to unable to be Western in their thought, uh, unable to be indivi- uh, individualistic unable to unable to to adopt the cultural the cultural mechanisms of our society the cultural mechanisms that allow our society to be great 
is an insult as well. And we know it's not true. We know that blacks can, uh, can have, can uh, adopt good habits and can adopt uh, the proper cultural norms that will allow them to succeed. For example, blacks from the West Indies, uh, blacks from the Caribbean, blacks from who immigrated from Africa make way more money than black Americans. There's a reason for that, right? And my parents are, are Haitian. They're, they're from the Caribbean themselves. And the culture that my parents brought, that the culture that they gave me, is entirely different from. It's the culture that they gave me resembles Asian culture, resembles the culture that we should be telling our, the, the habits that we should be telling our children to adopt. That culture, their culture resembles that more than black culture, black culture, right? For example, my parents are devout Christians very devout Not christians good. right I, I had two parents in the household a mom and a dad right my parents told me you have to study you have to do well you have to study for this test that will get you into one of the specialized high schools in new york city right my well they'd probably told- say that that's all white they probably say <laughs> that that right yeah, like those chris rufo um those manuals he puts his hand he gets his hands on that say things like um what was it? Being on time is white. Well, make, make no make no mistake. <laughs> yeah. Ascribing Western culture, Western ideals to whiteness, is a way for them to dismiss the entire Western canon as racist. Let's let's call it what it is, right? And you don't even need to ask Caribbean blacks or African blacks whether they think being on time is a, a good thing to to, to do. Normal blacks, like black Americans whose ancestors were slaves will tell you the same thing. Black mm-hmm. Americans will tell you, yeah, I, we shouldn't really be shooting each other in the streets, right? But again, political capital is not being used by the actual black community. If it was, then we wouldn't be defunding the police in 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Because all four boroughs, except for Manhattan and the wealthy parts of Brooklyn, your Park yes. Slopes, your Brooklyn Heights, all those wealthy areas in Brooklyn and all of Manhattan, while they voted for defund police candidates, guess who voted for the pro-cop candidate? South Bronx, all of Bronx, really, right? Queens, Brooklyn, every, every, all the other four boroughs voted for a pro-cop candidate. There's a reason for that. They, but they but blacks are not using their political capital, and it was a, a, frankly a mistake to pursue political capital rather than economic capital, as I said mm. uh, last week. So uh, what I want to get to right now is, uh, speaking of culture, when I was mentioning the uh, Jewish-Irish connection, and I always talk to Gio about the Jewish-Italian connection. So many uh, Jewish mm. people and Italian people marry each other, and I think that's a wonderful thing, because they do have a lot in common. But you were describing all these various festivals that you celebrated. Today, I'm not sure how many people are even celebrating festivals in general, uh, and as far as what exactly people are spending most of their time doing, my concern is that people becoming so derooted from anything that's more than just some uh, petty self-satisfaction that they would experience, you know, on the internet, that being the future for a lot of people, the bug man as we were referring to before, how exactly would we be able to have a good balance between setting an example for people to follow where sometimes they'd have to be nudged to following that to, you know, becoming part of something bigger than themselves, but not succumbing 
to a kind of uh, totalitarian dictatorship in the attempt to bring that about. Because if you're going to say that, well, the only way to get people to do so-and-so is to force them, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people coming out of the woodwork who are going to be saying exactly that in the future. And I'm not sure if their actual, how that's going to be implemented is going to be what the people think it's going to be like. But I'm curious, Jack, where do you see the balance between getting people to look at something bigger than themselves while not enforcing it from a top-down totalitarian uh, stance? Well, again, you've asked the question of the day, my friend. Uh, in a society that's designed to be free, John Adams very clearly said that a free society like ours requires religious and moral people. Take away the religiosity and the morality, and what do you have? You've got, what, just a, a, a den of iniquity, as it were. And that's where we're headed. And with all the guardrails removed, and even, I remember when Jordan Peterson brought up the notion of, culturally enforced monogamy and everyone freaked the fuck out enforced monogamy bro. it was a, a solid month yeah it was right oh enforced monogamy culturally what does that mean fascism no actually it's your mom and dad being like yo we didn't get divorced you should get married and have kids when are we getting grandkids when are you getting married that's culturally enforced monogamy jimmy crickets people and then also you've got the church and you've got other places. I've, I've started changing my JCs around, by the way. It's been, it's been a thing. I noticed how much I say it. And now I'm like, ah, I don't say it anymore. <laughs> so Jiminy, Jiminy Crickets on that. Yes. Um, but how do you, but how do you enforce the cultural enforcement, though? That's, that's the big well, question. America is a unique country in a sense that Dad. there's two layers to the American experience. There's the relativistic layer and the absolutist layer. And the fact and the fact of the matter is in America, the absolutist layer does not overtake the relativistic layer. Now, how does this play out? Well, in a relativistic layer, you have your different foods. Like, for example, in New York City, you can go get uh, Thai food and you can go get halal food and whatever. And you can go get this and that. But under under that, there's an absolutist layer of liberty, uh, you know, of classical liberalism, of um, Judeo-Christian values. And you see this, you know, when, when immigrants come over here, they, are, they subscribe to classical liberalism and Judeo-Christian values while maintaining the, the more relativistic uh, parts, rel while maintaining, you know, the foods that they eat, for example. And that would uh, manifest itself as a more relativistic layer. And so what, what we see today, what we see today is a left that is attempting to absolutely remove the absolutist layer that keeps us together. The absolutist layer is functions as glue, right? All right? We're able to eat so many different foods. We're able to listen to different musics, all these different things, experience different cultures. But what keeps us together is the idea of natural rights, the idea that truth trumps all, a very important Western motif that has been uh, subverted by postmodern post philosophies like critical race theory, for example. Mm -hmm. Right. The left right now is attempting to uh, essentially des destroy that glue. And once you destroy that absolutist glue of classical liberalism, truth as first priority, Judeo-Christian values, you're left with different cultures floating around. And the natural result of that is conflict. And so what we're going to see in the next few years is a, an attempt by Americans to re-strengthen that glue. And they're gonna, it, it's gonna get bad. It's, 
we're talking about more authoritarian measures to make sure we keep that glue. Mm. And this is seen, for example, with Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis when he signed a new riot bill. I mean, there was already a bill, uh, a bill that you know stopped people from uh, rioting, but he increased the punishments. He enforced mm. it. He made it, he increased the punishments. Why? Well, that's uh, because... well, that's still one guy though. Like I don't know. Like uh, Jack, do you think that we're going to be seeing more Ron DeSantis's coming up, or is this also, just Tom like a blip? Been quite, quite a patient. Yes. To... So I, I uh, so I'm just happy to be here. guys. I'm just happy to be here. So right now. <laughs> Um, I, I, one thing that you said though, is like how it's going to get worse. It's going to get so much worse. Like, you know, maybe I'm just uh, a little too white filled on it. Maybe I listen to too much malice, but I, I, I think what a lot of it comes down to is I, I think in the end, I think we're going to be all right. Cause I, there are an awful lot of people out there that are kind of quietly. And also, and Jack, I think you made a really good point how, Hey, we, these, these kinds of conversations, they need to be spread, get them out there because, you know, Jimmy Kimmel isn't talking about them. Right. You know, like that's it's, yeah, at all. Right. And so I think that I am pretty optimistic because I think there's enough folks out there that are just like, OK, this is a bunch of garbage. And especially when it comes to like, you know, me being a military guy, most of my adult life, you know, what the stuff that they're teaching now, whether it's, you know, in during military training and the academies and all that other stuff, they're kind of saying, but everyone's just kind of paying lip service to it. Not unlike a lot of like corporate, you know, corporate HR, you know, everyone's got to get the mandatory HR training and everyone sits there and nods. Okay. Well, in, in order for and, that, and you don't get that many people to, you don't get that many people to like speak up, but that's gonna, I think that's coming eventually. People are just like, I'm just not paying attention to this anymore. Yeah, and that's gonna manifest as they're not gonna say, well, I, I disagree with you. They're gonna say, shut up. They're gonna tell the left, shut up, right? And that's is, and that's okay, how okay. we're we're gonna become more authoritarian mm. in that sense, mm. you know? Okay. There, there's okay. gonna be, and I, I do believe it will get better, right? But it. Right now, the United States is almost going through through uh, a cold. You know, once you when you when you get by, uh, a virus or whatever, if, uh, when you're when you're sick, you get a fever, yeah. right? You start coughing, sneezing. What is that? That's not the virus. That's your body reacting to the virus, right? Sure. And just like how you get a fever, and the temperature turns up in your body, the temperature is going to turn up in America because America is going to start trying to swat off the virus. Yeah. That leftism is that that the left is right now right it's going to try to swap it off get mm. off me get off but me, but then right? but then it's if you have a turn up the temperature but then if you have certain let's say bleach salesmen who come along and say you know what uh, well i'm not going to say it on youtube because they might think that i'm actually encouraging it but the idea being is that sometimes the cure may be worse than the uh, illness when it comes to for example let's uh, i want to go back to uh, dugan for uh, one second when it comes to the kind of people who Dugan has been associated with, like, uh, Jack, you may not know this, but my family, they have a long history, like, within the Russian, like, post-USSR establishment. Like, they knew all the rising players from around that area. And for all the people who are used to me blabbing about it, this, sorry, but I'm going to say it anyway, that it was uh, shown that uh, Putin was, from very early on, a parasite within the Russian government. It was because the... Uh, KGB was not defeated 
the Communist Party was. They were taken out of commission by uh, Gorbachev, but Gorbachev let the KGB remain, so people like Putin ended up uh, being propped up by people like Yeltsin, because Yeltsin did a lot of dirty things in Russia, and so did Putin during that time. And then Yeltsin wanted to make sure that he had immunity from all the, th all the robberies that he was doing to the Russian people, which is why he put Putin in charge. But suffice to say, then you have somebody like Dugan coming in there and, uh, you know, advocating for uh, Russia going in other territories. And uh, I'm not sure, like, for all the people who look at, let's say, the Bronze Age mindset kind of ideal of land expansion, more territory, I think that they're looking, uh, you know, with very uh, rose-colored glasses at the other side because they haven't experienced actually living in a place like Russia, the kind of environment that is. They see a lot of bad things in the United States, which we try to fix. But that's what I want to get back to as far as how do we get the balance to make sure that people aren't going to sell us bleach. Because I see that that kind of top-down authoritarian dictatorship that I think so many young people online are just, you know, they're just uh, thinking about how amazing it would be, how amazing it would be if we get a Caesar, if we get somebody to come in, clean everything up, Can and uh, ha yeah. have order. And that's We're a very disturbing... We're not going to spin up the helicopters? We're not spinning up well, the helicopters? See, no. that's, inter that's interesting, though, because when it came to that guy, I'd still say that he ended up stepping down eventually. So at least I'd say that with Pinochet, even Pinochet stepped down. But here you have somebody who has no intention of stepping down, nor ha nor can he in terms of the situation that he's in. So, Jack, how... He? Oh, come on, Gio. So anyway, Jack, how would you, and welcome Verse and welcome Andrew Meyer, how would you balance things to make sure that we don't get into that kind of a uh, Putin-esque dictatorship? What's funny, I've traveled extensively in Chile, and people in, in Chile, you know, they have mixed feelings about Pinochet. They call him Pinochet, though, because in Spanish, that's how you say it. And uh, he, uh, you know, he did a lot of good down there. There's a reason why their economy is doing so strongly still to this day. Uh, it's an interesting, interesting story. Lots of pros and cons, obviously, we're not going to get into. Where is the solution? The solution comes from the father, however you want to interpret that. And if you don't have the big F father, well, then the little F father's got to figure out how to guide the family to the big F father, I think. I think that's it. So the little F father is the guy right now on the spot. Dads of America, you're on the spot. How are you going to get you and your family and your people committed to something bigger than yourself? How are you going to figure out a way to use your freedom to do something that you should do instead of something that you want to do? How are you going to spread that notion amongst you, your family, and your community members? Well, through leadership, through personal leadership. I personally, I don't have the big F father yet. I'm trying. I'm looking. I'm reading. I'm open. My heart is open. That's God, right? The big F father. The, just the so big F father. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I'm open. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I can't say it. Like, I just can't say it. Cause I'm not there yet, but I'm trying I'm reading my Bible. Started. Wait, mean, meaning one. you're agnostic or how would you describe your uh, belief system? Uh, currently my relationship status is Bible curious. Mm. I like that. I like that tweet. <laughs> and the thing is, it's funny. It's just, and also, Jack, just this past weekend, I was with a bunch of our mutual friends, and actually, we were talking about you. Maybe your ears are burning. And it came up. I said, I was getting Sobic. the text. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you were. And so I said to Sobic, I said, I said, I think, uh, I think Murphy's coming around. I think he's, uh, he's on his way. And, and Sobic just says, matter of time. It's all coming. They all come around. It's all matter of time. And one of the things I got to say about this, which is so interesting, is so much of this, you know, whether you call it the red pill or, you know, what, what was once called, 
the alt right and then got subverted by a bunch of crazies, mm. right? And, you know, red pilling and all that. Well, it was a uh, Moldbug first. Moldbug was first, the guy who right. came up with it. It was Yarvin, you know, Moldbug, right? And so the thing is, though, is it's like it all eventually finds its way to God, religion, and I think specifically Christianity, specifically Catholicism and or Orthodox. So that's just kind of mm. my that's kind of my take. I think that's it. I always look for me at least. I got to say that for me, like. It actually started, I stumbled upon, I gotta say, Return of Kings, like seven, eight years ago, and it was like, some of the stuff on there was ridiculous, some of it was fucking hilarious, some of it was, ooh, that that cuts, but that's true, that's pretty true, I don't want to admit it, but that cuts, it's true, and then from there, paid a little couple, I read a couple other things, some more things, started sharing some things, then next thing I know, I'm watching Joe Rogan. And the next thing that happens, Joe Rogan's out with Jordan Peterson in the fall of 2016. And I watched that podcast like three, four hours, shared it with all my friends. People calling me. Like I, I, like, I listened to that. I watched that. And, like I was brought to tears. And like that was like your gateway drug. I always like the like. And, and Jack, it's a radicalization pipeline. It is. And, and I look, well, I look at, like, for example, for me at least, I look at, at Peterson as like the gateway drug. And then from there, it kind of expands. And I mean, eventually, mm. that's, where you're, that's where you arrive, I think. And I think, well, uh, I, I want varying to... degrees. I want to mm-hmm. expand on the father figure thing real quick because mm-hmm. that's interesting. And I was talking to Love about this uh, last week with Brent, actually. And I, and I said there's a reason why we believe that George Washington and Abraham Lincoln are the best presidents in the United States, uh, in the history of the United States. And Jack, Morf- Jack, you almost like, you almost, I guess, made the whole thing like even more clear, clear for me. Those figures, they almost they're almost like the big F before America, right? Because because during times of distress, during time where the during times when the temperature has been turned up, and they could have became the dictator in the house, they didn't, right? Instead, they gave us the chance to start anew. For example, George Washington, every single time when a when a new nation is founded. The first leader has to set a great president. George Washington was just able to step down. He could have, he could have kept the power. He could have done something to 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 increase the power he had, but he stepped down. Abraham Lincoln. He suspended Habeas Corpus, right? Hmm. Uh, shut down freedom of speech, the press. Yet, at the end of the Civil War, we are now a better nation, right? And we kind of need that, right? We need but, that but, but that's but that's a very tricky situation. The people who would let's say disagree with you, who would also be you know not the biggest fans of Trump, they would say that what Trump did, which is absolutely inexcusable, is that he stepped through kind of like a Julius Caesar. He stepped through you know over the elite and he went right to the people. And they would say that that is a very dangerous thing in and of itself because we have the system of checks and balances. And once you introduce this, uh, you know, once you throw a monkey wrench into that, that system is eventually going to become undone. And the question that I have concerns the actual health of the system, keeping in mind, again, other countries around the world, like how awful is the system uh, versus in other places? But also, Jack, uh, a question to you when it comes to you know, giving the devil his due when it comes to being devil's advocate, how much would you say there may be people within the system, within the swamp, who knowingly pander to the far left, 
know that yes there's going to be many instances where the far left are going to get away with certain things that people on the right cannot but at the same time use that as a way of just uh you know shaking the baby rattle at them so to speak so they make their little temper tantrum they calm down and then this business as usual so how many people do that versus are like true believer you know crypto communists or globalists that want to enslave you know the entire united states that's what i'm uh, that's what i'm curious from your experience there everybody on all sides pander to the money dude there's no left and right issues on money it's one big giant corporate unisex party unisex giant corporate uniparty they're all the same they're all neocons they're all neoliberals they all believe in free markets over everything they're all willing to trade american jobs for profits for corporations they're all willing to trade uh environmental standards for corporate profits and then complain that we're not doing it here at home the export race to the bottom was a real thing people complained about in the 90s it turned out to be real it really did happen mm -hmm. wages went down environmental standards went down and we have gutted ourselves by democrats by republicans one of the few people on the left an avowed Democrat who I know is an authentic, genuine, interested person who wants to solve these problems is Matt Stoller. He's one of the few people on the left who's a Democrat who's come out and critiqued all of this, been totally honest about it, and he's taken a lot of shit. If you're on the Democrat side and you don't have arrows in your back, you're a poser. If you're on the Republican side and you don't have arrows in your back, you're a poser. That's it. Hmm. All these people are pandering. They're all pandering to the money and to the corporate, corporate interests. Now, Long term, in, in an infinite cycle, people that have our similar belief system are going to win. Why? Because it is the right and natural way of things. People on the left who have their belief system in a long enough, it, it's not going to work out. The fundamental first principles first are antagonistic, and one of them generates life, the other one kills it. So on a long enough time scale, they're going to peter out and we're going to live. Problem is we don't all have infinity time. Yeah. And things can be very, very dark for a very, very long time. Yeah, it could. It could. It has taken so long. It's taken them five decades to take over all of our institutions to start with just some radical crazies and get all the way to Joe Biden at the joint Congress, joint session of Congress, saying that white nationalist terrorism is the most important and dangerous threat that we face in America. Antifa's just Backtrack. an idea. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. Antifa's just an idea, even though, you know, they actually hurt my children, right? Antifa with a banner flag, right? They don't exist, but they sure came after my kids. Ask my kids if Antifa. Table. Yeah, ask if my kids if mm -hmm. Antifa exist. But the, the, the long-term battle, unfortunately, we have to accelerate it. They've marched through the institutions. Now we have to use technology. We have to use emergent networks. We have to use social media. We have to use new ways of coming together to form networks that can rival the institutions. And until that we can achieve some level of sovereignty away for either fix the regime, seems difficult right now, or we provide alternative systems and support structures through networks that rivaled institutions. All the institutions that used to give us meaning and support and sustenance, they're all corrupted, they're all captured. Not only are they corrupted and captured, but they're captured, corrupted, and led by a bunch of fucking teenagers. Have you seen ACLU's Twitter account? Jeez Louise. Terrible. It is tr trash, okay? Well, Facial recognition software is racist. What? Black people don't have faces, I guess. There was this Democrat official uh, Twitter account, I forget for which district, that got ratioed saying that, uh, People say that they want to go back to one income supporting the home. What that actually means is that you hate women being in having uh, independence 
financially and being in the workforce. So uh, that's capital. That's the voice of capital. You woke capital. Hmm. But yeah. when they, so, and, and they super hire new graduates from college Verse, and like yeah. interns yeah. From, from high school, and then that becomes like the, you know, like the the narrative that they start using, and it kind of just gets incorporated. Right. But how many of them are true believers, though, when it comes to that narrative? It seems like Jack was saying a lot of them are phoning it in. A lot of them are doing it for the money. And in a way, for me, that's not the worst thing in the world. Like, let's say if we're looking at imperialist Russia before the communist revolution. In that scenario, I'm sure that there were a lot of people who were saying the exact same things we were saying, only they were doing it in the uh, coffee parlors or whatever, wherever the intelligentsia was back then. And mm -hmm. they would have a lot of good, valid points to talk about, you know, the problems within the Russian Empire but the issue is not that the issue is how they handled going against it resulted in what we know to be the USSR so yeah. my, qu my uh, question can I, can I yeah. just finish sure. I'll follow up one yeah, last sure, point sure, sure. I'll, give it, I'll give it right back to you guys mm -hmm. um, it's not just money it's power it's prestige it's fame it's social status it's friends it's uh, just walking down the street with your head held high those are all the things that they're pandering to Right. It's not it's not just money. There's plenty of broke ass jokers working in D.C. for no money pushing all this. OK, I've seen it. And that was one reason why I knew Trump wasn't ever going to really win, because when yep. Obama came to town, dude, I'm from D.C. That changed the entire city. Thousands and thousands of people descended upon the town to work for him. That did not happen with Trump by any didn't didn't even notice that there was a new administration. But anyway, my point is, is that these people are doing it for social status, social pressure. Also, it's truly a mimetic mind virus that has yes. captured their brains and they just don't know. They are ignorant foot soldiers. They're dissociated from the actual truth. They're living in a, in a, uh, a purposefully inserted um, alternate consciousness where they're worried about race. And they're worried about this. And they're worried about that. And they're worried about Nazis and fascists and all these things. When all that's really going on is they're distracted. Mm -hmm. They're meant to be distracted so that you can be pawns tools foot soldiers good little consumers and to prop up the uniparty that's meant to extract maximum resources from all of us and it's a moral it's a moralism to, yeah. as well that's detached hmm. oh, go ahead Virgil. you also have to consider that even if the higher ups aren't true believers we're in a and like i know that you made the point about like the parlors right and there were people were able to make zines and like you know do like different magazines or whatever and create kind of like social movements but now like that that 20 year old can accidentally create a like via technology can legit make a like massive change in policy and whatever, just from like a TikTok or from a tweet thread. Right. So like and who the knows technology, if there's algorithms behind it. That exactly. Are and there's like, you know, Google can suppress speech and they can enforce, they can make real societal change just from their, them just trying to virtue signal because of the mm. way technology works. So it doesn't, they don't have to even be true believers. It still well, changes get the landscape. Well, I guess the question there is there was a quote somebody wrote favorably towards a point that I was making earlier when something like, uh, before you tear down the fence, think about the reason why that fence was put up in the first place. And in this case, the fence would be this idea of there being this uh, elite, a group of elites, however you want to call them, who set a certain tone for the country. And while being able to criticize all the bad and horrible aspects that we're seeing in them today, my question again goes back to if we're not just talking about creating an alternative elite that would function in a better way if we are talking about let's say something more drastic like a revolution that occurred in uh, uh, 1917 in russia my concern is that 
people may be very giddy at jumping the gun at supporting that just because they're so bored and sick of whatever the system is today. So I want to make sure that that doesn't happen either. So I'm curious, Jack, uh, what your thoughts are but, when but it comes also, to that. The, the system has to fail them first. The, the system hasn't failed these people yet. You know who's going to be on the forefront of this are going to be teenage girls looking up at 38-year-old single women bitching about there's no good men left. That's where real change. <laughs> Millennial is women in a few years. There you go. The, no, the no, system is failing women by pointing them in the wrong direction, removing the guardrails, saying go do all these things, go act like a man, go fuck like a dog, do all this shit, and now they're going to suffer the consequences of it very visibly. Okay, and that's when the younger generation will be able to look up at a signal. That's not words. That's not writing. That's not social media. That's not, it's just like, fuck dude, Margaret, Aunt Margaret, her life sucks. I don't want that. Sometimes what did she do? With dogs. She did that. She did that. Ah. that. I'm not doing that. Right. Exactly. And yeah. so it's going to take a signal like that for people to change. So when you get a, you get a, a someone that graduated from a, to a top school interns on the Hill goes work for some shit ass, you know, blog factory or whatever, and just spits it all out. The system hasn't failed them yet. They're starting to feel it. The dissonance is there. Why do I have $300,000 in debt and only make $40,000 a year? I don't know. Rage bait, rage bait, rage bait. But eventually when it comes home, these kind of things, these ego attachments to a worldview, they're very difficult to dislodge. And generally speaking, and in my personal experience, with me personally, it took personal crisis, actual crisis, where not only did I was I desperate enough to think about a new option, was I humble enough to accept a new option, but then courageous enough to take steps down that new road. Those things, that all those things have to line up before somebody's going to discard, just you know, just just expel this ego invested mind frame that they have, they invested their education, they invested their time. Consistency is one of the most persuasive things in, 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 in human behavior. People like to do the same thing over and over again. It's one of the fundamental elements of sales. That's why if you get somebody buying a dollar product, you can sell them a $10 product, you sell them a thousand dollar product. Very easy because they like to continue doing what they're doing justifies their past behavior. Breaking that cycle is no easy task. And I think it's going to take something like looking up at the generation in front of you and be like, I don't want that for my life and subconsciously absorb those signals and then decide to make change. I think as bad as that might be, and I agree with you everything, like when you guys, when you see especially young women like, like looking ahead and seeing like, well, this is, I don't want to be like Aunt Margaret, like what you just said. But, you know, I don't know, I was a history major. One of, like, the big overarching themes is that what what brings about revolution, wars, all this crazy stuff, and you see the history. And I think and I think it still could be on the horizon as well. It's economic instability, right? So when people are living in an economically stable environment, they're far less likely to start breaking shit or going to war. And I think, like, right now, and, like, what you exactly said, Jack, is, like, is if the system hasn't failed him yet, right? Oh, I'm only make 40K a year, but I'm $300,000 in debt. But hey, they're still paying the rent, right? Like they still have their iPhone. They still go shop at the Whole Foods, right? Like things are okay, like okay right now, even though well, I can't afford, you know, I might not be able to afford a house yet. I shouldn't get married yet. Sir. But like, I think if we do see a massive economic collapse or really serious downturn, and like what are other really bad regimes 
that occurred during, you know, really bad economic times. That was 1930s in Germany, you know, 20s and 30s in Germany. And also you look at almost every communist revolution, mm -hmm. right? We have this massive, the, massive economic disparity. I think that's what it's really going to come about. It does. But you know what? You can keep poor people down for a long time without yeah, them doing anything. True. It's it's intra elite competition. Yeah, okay. Yes, that's where the revolution oh, boy, comes Margaret's, when Margaret's there are other cool people of though. power. Well, okay. they will make they will make personal decisions, right? The younger generation will make personal decisions that make change, but like a regime level change, that's okay. from intra elite mm. competition. Yep. Other elites right. fighting with other elites, and in our case, it won't be the top one percent. It's like the battle between the the, the like top two percent and the top four percent. It's those people. Mm. Well, Jack, well, you definitely American have revolution? a revolution. Was that what the American Revolution really was? Mm. I mean, most of the people mm. that fought and were leading it were all the elites in the colonies. Yeah, yeah they they studied the Latin. They uh they, they knew their they stuff. Wine snobs. Wealthy, yes. Wealthy guys. What uh, what are you saying, Jack? What do you got? No, that's not that's not necessarily true. I mean, there okay. I have Why read whole co whole collections of sure. sermons from rural preachers in the mid 18th century who believed that they were here to create a new Zion. The wilderness yeah. of America represented the same wilderness in the Bible, and that this was a very religious project, and the American Revolution was. A, a, an emergent phenomenon in this regard that people don't usually give it credit for, which is it was an elite, a, 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 an alliance between our cosmopolitan elites that you're just describing and rural religious folks that believed that they were on a mission from God mm. to create a new nation in the wilderness of North America. So it is what you said on one hand, but it, they couldn't have done it without those people hmm. the but the, but time. then also how much how much is the state religion of america yeah. in my opinion <laughs> but 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 then, but then also i wonder how much people like and i still got to read up on the guy but somebody who's always fascinated me was uh john d who was in the court of uh the uh, first queen elizabeth where how much was the american project as well as even the british empire which i believe he coined uh this guy uh, responsible for you know somebody who saw you know a claim to have seen all these angels and things like that and if we take a look through history, we have Nikola Tesla, we have um, Isaac Newton. We have all these people that history likes to portray as being these squeaky clean Neil deGrasse Tyson tier scientists, <laughs> while in actuality, these people were looking at things that, you know, would have you laughed at and called a tinfoil hatter in today's society. So I always wonder, like, how much that side of it also uh, plays into this whole thing. And Jack, I don't know if that's something you were ever interested in looking into, but uh, let me know. Yeah, send it on over, man. I'm always open. Excellent. And also, I just want to say we got Andrew Meyer here. For those who don't know about Andrew, he was uh, uh, tasered in that Don't Tase Me Bro video back in the day. So, Andrew, thank you I so much I for coming. I knew I recognized your face. Okay. Yes. Hey, Bird, what's Absolute up? Hey, face. Liv. What's up, guys? Hey, Jack. I thought Jack was crushing it when he's talking about the sexual dynamics in America. People don't really realize how much that stuff is an impact. Especially, um, you know, all the liberal women these days, they're going to universities and they're able to hook up with tens, alpha men, and they think that this is what their life is going to be like. Uh, they think they're getting rewards for this system that's being set up. They don't understand that they're going to be left at the game of musical chairs without a chair at the end of it. And that's when they become bitter and that's when they become terrible. The uh, what is it? Awful's uh, awful. Uh, it's, it's some acronym for a uh, white yeah, liberal women. Awful. But all of that is really in our hands. It's not, up, it's not about the women. 
It's not about the destructive men, the beta men. It's about alphas. If alphas choose, okay, like I, when I was in college and I was 21, I was with an amazing woman. I looked down the road and I said, okay, I can, I can try and find another woman. I could be with all the women, but that would really be degrading women for, for all the other men. And at the end of it, I wouldn't be happy. I'd just be older and it, it wouldn't work out so good. I mean, God, you know, thank God that I found someone at such a young age, but men aren't really thinking that way. And if men have that mindset, it's going to work out better for all of society, the men at the top. And then when you're talking about spirit, especially Jack was talking about um, the way America was founded in the spirit of America, uh, America, absolutely. The reason it's so blessed is it had this spirit where people were connecting to God. And that's what, you know, Jack saying that he's reading the Bible more. That's great. The people connecting to the Bible, it, connecting to Jesus, connecting to God, that's exactly what America needs. And I thought it was funny when Tom said that, um, you know, eventually it all comes around, it all comes around to the Bible, it all comes around to the Catholic Church. If you dig into the Catholic Church, look in the Catholic Encyclopedia for what the Holy Grail is. And if you dig a couple steps deeper, like what it says the Holy Grail is, you'll find a book called the Zohar. That's what Isaac Newton was studying. That's where he got ideas for his experiments. And the more that people don't just, you know, do Jordan Peterson where they allude to God, but they really like they search deep and they try and grab for God. They try and grab light. You know, they dig into what's really going on in the religions. For example, in Catholicism, you dig deep and then you find the Zohar. That's when you get the, the truest connection to God. So I know Jack was reading uh, the Bible with his group. I totally recommend for you the Kabbalistic Bible. They, the sages of the Bible say that it's better a man not be born than just study the surface level stories and such, which is the clothing of the Bible. You got to get to the soul of the Bible. And that's when we had the enlightenment was when Christians and Jews were studying the Zohar. So uh, I'm happy to be here today and talk to y'all and uh, be able to tell y'all that. I mean, uh, all I could say regarding the Zohar, which I still have to look uh, at a lot more. Well, that, that's but, kind but of the, a stretch, though. Yeah, yeah. No, to... but, no, but I just want to say that the pattern itself seems to be that we have a lot of different religions that disagree on a lot of things, yet within those religions we have other groups of people, mystery schools, whatever you want to call it, who all seem to more or less agree on a certain kind of framework, as far as how that framework, you know, ends up developing over time, whether people use that framework for good or for ill, that's a whole other question. But I wanted to get back to regarding uh, this question of the elites where you're right like we had uh, Lenin we had uh, you know before him Karl Marx who was a British gentleman you know we had these people who were in high positions of society as far as what you see today Jack who the new intellectual elites are who are let's say uh, at the same level because the one thing that let's say people find uh, distasteful about somebody like Trump regardless of any good things people may find in the guy one of the things that keep uh, that keeps bringing up uh, keeps being brought up is how very tasteless the entire image is just this guy with this you know stupid gold elevator and the uh, room and all that stuff and they look at people you know back then like Aristotle like Plato you know all the great thinkers you don't even have to look that far like Wittgenstein you know just like people who you would look at back then as being like the paragons of intelligence and when they're looking today it's like who do we have like who are the paragons of intelligence who are in just, you know, because there's a lot of people who are great salesmen, there's a lot of people who would take certain ideas that were developed back then, kind of repackage them in an easily digestible way, but that's not the same thing. I don't think those would be the same people who would be able to lead us towards something greater, so I'm curious what you think. Anybody whose name we know right now probably isn't the guy. I think, I think that we're still some time away from finding the guy. 
and I don't mean like you know, the return of the guy. I just mean like an effective leader within the United States. Donald Donald Trump's ascendancy can guarantee one thing: people are desperate. Okay, we are desperate for someone to behave, even in a just a a shadow of the way that Trump behaved. And by that, I just mean of a true leader. Yeah. yeah, even just by by just being aggressive, by just well, he wasn't even aggressive enough. Just by even being a nationalist, well, he wasn't even nationalist enough. He wasn't so many things, but he was like a small step in the direction that we kind of feel like we need to go. Now, I'm a little. I don't know, sad. Sad is not the right word. I, a cult of Trump is bad, okay? And anybody who knows me, anybody who knows the guys that I hang out with, none of us are Trump cultists. We're very able to say Trump good, Trump bad, you did good, you did bad, criticize him, even guys in the administration, all of our folks. That being said, we need someone else more like Trump, the Trump 2.0 version. I don't know who that is just yet. But what's interesting is like Trump, is still a product of the old way of status and power building. There is a new system of status and power creation underway. We're participating in it right now. And it's going to take some time before uh, this new field bears a fruit. And I think it's gonna happen, time. We have to continue on this process. We have to continue having these conversations. We have to continue elevating some people and they may or not work out elevating somebody else they may or may not work out but trump showed us that we're desperate for a counterbalance to what's happening on the left and the red pills in america are being spread every day to crt through kindergarten and into dining room tables so that's going to just increase more demand uh for Mm. for this alternative voice that will as of yet uh, hasn't necessarily revealed itself there's no one out there right now where i could just be like this guy but, but let me ask guy. you, what, why is there such an inability? And I want to ask you and Verse this, because Verse, you also have experience in this area. Um, why do you think it's so difficult for people of our persuasion, let's say, to mount a significant sort of um, rallying point around maybe someone or a group? Or do you think that the problem with the right is that there tends to be just a fragmented cult of personality upon a cult of personality. And then there's, of course, you know, the accusations, uh, the sort of like panopticon that everyone's a fad, right? Although some people are fads, by the way, some people that we mentioned mm-hmm. in the stream. Um, but <laughs> do you and think spe- that... Speaking of fed, by the way, I'm going to be feeding myself over here. And by the well, way, speaking of feed, sneed and feed those super chats. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway, go on, Jack. Yeah. No, like, well, how do you, why do you think it's like, so difficult to find a proper leader or is it that we haven't found an effective way to spread sort of uh to use a totally like delusian um like biological metaphor you mentioned viruses and mimetic contagions why can't we spread our own sort of uh escape variants put it that way because i know it's topical on the news by the way it's total bullshit but um any <laughs> variants um it's why can't we yeah, why can't we find our own escape variants that can sort takes, of um, takes time. Yeah, I think I think it takes time. I think I, I think that takes time. We we we're just become, we're all just awakening. Most people, right? Most people are just waking up. It's gonna it's gonna take some time. All anybody who wants to be the president is corrupt in my mind. What we need is we don't need a Caesar. Sorry, Curtis. 
Curtis, Curtis Yarvin sitting around saying, don't do nothing. Put your hands up, get down on your knees, wait for this thing to collapse as quickly as possible so that <laughs> we, have, we have the environment to bring in the king, okay? That's basically what he's been arguing over the last few months. And maybe I got that wrong, but that's the general gist that I've yeah. gotten. Uh, we don't need a Caesar. We need a Sulla more than anything. If you catch my reference on that, come in and clean house. I mean, that dude, maybe we don't want to go that extreme. You know, it killed thousands of people after he took the city, right? Uh, but what we really need is a Cincinnatus. We need somebody who doesn't want to serve, who doesn't want to be the leader, who's a baller general, who's going to be wartime killer. And as soon as it's done, he's going to put down the sword and go back to his farm. George Washington was a Cincinnatus, except for the fact that part of the whole reason we had the revolution is because he didn't get promoted to general in the British Army. True story. If you look it up and read about his disgruntled aspirations of trying to rise up through the British Army, and he wanted to take it out personally on him. Also, George Washington, not a successful general up until the Revolutionary War. Interesting to note, too. Yeah. Failed. But I think that criticism of Curtis is quite apt, but in his defense, like to play devil's advocate, I think his argument would be that the power structures are so monumentally entrenched that it would be nigh impossible to mount any effective opposition. Guys, so, look at history. Like, Do you think there hasn't, been, yeah. there hasn't been any other dissident groups ever in history that survived <laughs> and flourished eventually? Come on. This happens all over the place. We're looking at an example right now, real time. It's not good for us. It's not good for anybody. But in Afghanistan, dude, yep. there's there, dissident groups can retreat, hunker down, reinforce, get strong, and rise up when the time comes. And that's going to happen here. In the liminal order, mm -hmm. we have our eyes set on a thousand-year time scale. We're just, talking like the, just like the Chinese. Knights of Malta. That's the kind of thing that we're after. We're after sovereignty, real sovereignty, if need be. But right now we take small steps on our way on our way to that. And we're looking, you gotta just look at history to see the way people have survived regimes that were hostile to their ideas. It's happened. In fact, the Christian posture yeah, I was gonna say the Christian, is, the is, is look, I, I, I cannot speak by any means. That's an authority on this. My cursory understanding of the Christian posture throughout time has been the persecuted group with the truth. Mm -hmm. I also think, though, we're in a nice technology. We, we're in a nice place in history in that technology does allow for uh, a quote-unquote dissidents to have a little more sovereignty and have a little more leverage than they otherwise would. For now, like if, for now. No, I mean, not for now. I mean, fundamentally the way that technology structures reorganizes society whenever a new like major paradigm shows up it creates different like you know ruling class and whatever right and i mm. and i personally believe in as bard literally bard wrote it alexander bard great friend of the show wrote the book on it if uh you know i personally believe that you know we're watching the power structures be you know reorganized and it's and it's because the internet is like one of those like paradigm shifting you know once in a you know once in a lifetime type of yeah um, shifts so mm. fortunately even though i think that the uh like the globalist kind of regime is kind of like hunkering down and like or like consolidating between all the different powers to kind of make this like i don't know to, to make this like technocracy like whatever oppressive regime that we're all trying to fight against this like liberal order thing um i do also think that be, they're they're kind of like fighting a losing battle because they're trying to use um power and like methodology from the previous paradigm 
to win in the new one, and I don't think that ever works. Well, what if they want to bring in like chi- Chinese style um, internet control through one state corporation and mm. like immediate um, doesn't work po- though. Yeah, but also the people and- here consider are so how many Chinese people I could just talk to. Who yeah, on firewall. Like, none of it works. Yeah, but but, but also the people right. here. At least I find that the, a lot of the people that we see, like the Gen Psakis of the world, they look very weak to me. They look like bereft of any life force, which to me makes me mm-hmm. think like the the what I think will happen. And I don't want it to happen, but what I'm afraid will happen is it is far more likelier for there to be a fascist regime, ironically enough, with all the people talking about, you know, with the brown scare, you know, Nazis under the bed. Ironically, that is far more likely than a uh, communist 1984 state. But I'm not saying that is good. Like, I know a lot of the younger people here in the chat look at that as being, oh, my God, that's going to be a blast. Well, see how you like it when you're going to be. Well, see how you like it when you're going to be against the wall. You know what I mean? That's going to happen in my personal. If I had to guess. Right. We're going to have our our mixture of our super sensocracy, total like uh, big brother esque like a CCTV type of uh, neural link and whatever type of dominant structure but because of the technologies that enable that to happen we're also going to have most people learn how to do things like getting around firewalls and how to block neural links and we're going to have like a simultaneous like internet dissident uh power structure that kind of over the next hundred years becomes like the dominant whatever where like those people who like will start these like weird city states and like uh designer cities and countries as you are starting to pop up um, those people are going to become the new ruling elite in at the end of the century. But for now, we have to deal with like the American version of Chinese firewall and censorship. The the race is on to defeat the centralized AI device that's going to lock us all down with uh, an emergent mesh decentralized communication network that doesn't rely on the central backbone. That's the race, y'all. Like, let's get on it. And and we're working on that already inside the liminal order. We're working on it every single day. And that's why I'm big into blockchain. Day. That's also yeah. why I'm big into blockchain because that's the other. I don't know. I think but we it, did Butlerian Jihad before that happened. Well, that that's kind of the point here. Like Jack, do you agree that if let's say this vision that you have, which I am totally for, would not come to pass? then the alternative would eventually be that too many people would get too sick of the regime today that they would create some kind of a fascistic revolution to take its place. I'm not exactly sure what the question is there. Are you saying that like we, we don't have enough time and it's coming and what are we going to do alternatively? All we have to do is look at the boys in Afghanistan. That's all we have to do. That's how you do it. No, no, I'm going to, I'm going to rephrase the question then, just to be absolutely clear of what I mean. And by the way, somebody has their background audio. I'm not exactly sure who that is. But uh, what I'm, uh, what I'm talking about here is when, hold on, I think, uh, oh, Andrew, okay, here we go. Okay. So when it comes to whatever outcomes we're going to have here, if we go through, let's say, uh, all these various phases and get to where you're talking about us getting to with decentralization, I'm 100% for that. The other alternative that I don't want that may happen is too many people who will find themselves getting squeezed by a more authoritarian, let's say, left-leaning regime, will use that as fuel, much like what happened in Germany in the 30s, to create a new fascistic regime and kind of balancing well, that one out. What, what do you mean create a new? We are currently living in a corporate techno-fascist state, period. I guess it's a there matter is, of degrees. 
I guess it's a matter no, of like what you would compare that to. It's not great. I'm not saying that this is a great no. situation by any means. The, the but corporations like, are doing the bidding of the government regime. Yes, you know this explicitly. This is fact. Yes. It's fact, and that is the definition of fascism. Okay, it's as soon as you, they're calling us all fascists, you know why? Because in their hearts, they know that they're the actual fascists, right? This is a, a technical, by the yeah. book, fascist regime that we live under. Now, we're going to talk about how far is it going to go? Are we going to get on the trains? Are they going to put us in the gulags? This is the hot gulag summer. It's going to be different, man. It's 21st century. Who knows? Who knows what it's going to be? It's going to be some version of depersoning, deplatforming, not allowed mm -hmm. to do financial yeah. transactions, not allowed to travel without the right book or passport mm -hmm. or stamps or In whatever. In my country, it's already happening. Banning. You're mm. shadow banning. Yeah. No, but it's already yeah. happening. They're the guy who advises Justone. Uh, Gerald Butts, he looks like a hideous cryptoid, by the way. But he says that uh, if you don't want to get the the Fauci ouchie, let's call it for YouTube purposes, then <laughs> you uh you can choose that, but you don't have a right to access government services. So if you need government healthcare, which we have in Canada, which is total piece of shit, by the way, not that I say we should go to you know private American system, but then you don't have a right to go in any public building or travel unless you get the Fauci ouchie. And so, mm. uh, but a, a vaccine, uh, sorry, oh, a Fauci ouchie that uh, historically has been rushed, uh, unlike any other. Um, no, but still, but still, before, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna know. disagree. I'm gonna disagree a little bit here, just because I want to keep things in perspective. If we talked but about history, want, before, do you want to be run by Maddie Iglesias? Geo, or do you want to be run Geo. by Bronze Age pervert? Right now, say it. Pick Geo, one. hold on. No, no, no. you gotta. You're distracting me from the point. Okay, the point that I'm getting to here oh, is we gotta out. keep. You right gotta now. keep. <laughs> yes, I'm weaseling out. You gotta keep history in perspective here. I think when it comes to if we're talking about this being a fascistic regime, my question is compared to what? Because again, I don't want for all the people in the chat. I don't want to keep bringing up Russia, so I won't. I'm gonna bring up all the 20th century that we've experienced, where it was bussing people into death camps no, like, and it was doing you know that element. Like we can't compare yeah, what we have yeah, right yeah. now. To that. Yeah, we, we can. Have before, love, you know? No, wait, well, yes and no. Like, as Jack just said, like, literally, like, definition of, like, Mussolini fascism, like, we, we got that now. Like, like the like the textbook, open a dictionary, what is fascism? We have that today. I right? think body count matters but, when but it comes here, to that. Here's, here's a problem I have, love. Like, you, you, I, I get your, your concern with this opposing fascistic regime that may uh, rise to counter, uh, to, to, as a counterweight, but we... For how much we care about free speech and how much we care about uh, classical liberalism, we're going to lose, right? Because if you say, well, you you can have free speech too to the people who actively want to censor us and to destroy us, literally, we're going to lose, right? It's the, yeah. fact that, it's the fact of the matter that cheaters win, right? You're only a cheater when you realize, when people realize, hey, you cheated us. Hey, you're a cheater, but... Cheaters win. Cheaters win. And we need to realize this. And this is happening, by the way. We care about freedom of speech. We care about certain values. But if you refuse to, to uh, assimilate with us or to have our values, adopt our values, adopt freedom of speech for me, then you don't get to have your freedom of speech. Right? And that's what's happening right now. And to what degree it will happen, I don't think it will, I don't think it will go all the way. Like uh uh like what was said before. I mean, right now what we're seeing is is two different ways of becoming 
um, elite, two different ways of becoming elite. And th that's like through the internet, uh, a more like democratized through the internet sort of fashion. And the, the old style, like what Jack said, you know, the, the, the Trump style, the Trump style of, of gaining, um, gaining popularity, gaining uh, power. And I think in the long run, we're going to self-correct ourselves. I mean, we are waking up to this fascist, well, I need some water, but fascistic <laughs> regime through this more democratized sense where, yes, it's taking long because people are waking up on an individual basis, mm -hmm. right? There's no top-down information. There's no top-down person with a, a, a megaphone saying, hey, wake up, red pills, red pills, red pills. But it's going to take long because people will find out on their own time. And I, I have uh, confidence that these people who are red-pilled do believe in freedom of speech. They have the values. They have the I values. But certain people who refuse to play our game to to be with us and, uh, and assert our framework with us, we shouldn't afford those privileges to them. Well, to we Daniel's to point, them. I mean, the fact that we've gotten this far, I mean, just the other day, like things that you see kind of shock you in such a visceral, like void staring level. There is that video about some trans person trying to breastfeed. Did you see this one love? Like the fact that. No, I, I, I was stuck on the ra one, on right? the rainbow, on the rainbow monkey like, with a dildo. Yeah, or the rainbow, whatever. But the point is we've I gotten this. Probably for the yeah, best. It was this trans person uh, pretending to breastfeed. It was like the most, uh, creepiest uh, void staring thing you've ever seen in your life the fact that yeah. we've gotten this far that we've yes, welched but our own civilization i mean it's this kind but of again dire. geo that's different than writing a nasty post about an elected official and then getting arrested a couple of hours later that's the kind of level of authoritarianism well, i'm I mean, talking about which i respect i mean maybe anyways jack uh, yes you but, you, but you see that jack that's what i I'm trying to figure out here. How do we avoid writing? Okay, that's what I want to get. We're to. getting there. No, it's happening. It's happening already. John Robb, one of the most brilliant strategists and analysts who understands the combination of politics, technology, and war. He is number one. Everyone should follow him. John Robb, two Bs. Okay. He calls it the long night. The long night is coming, and it's going to be a door, a window closing. It's not. It's not going to be gradual until all the light is snuffed out. It's going to be, boom, gone. Because the moment that there is some sort of software that's possible enough to track everything that we're saying, control everything that we're doing, rate everything that we're doing, limit your travel abilities, limit your ability to communicate, all these things, then that is coming. Now, one thing that I've, I've, I've been thinking about quite a bit, everybody, we're all relying on this new technology infrastructure. We are using it to communicate. We're using it to do commerce. The government is using it to communicate. They're using it to control, they're using it to control the people. I, th they seem to be very focused on that. There's gonna be cracks. Dude, did you know you could take your iPad, throw it out the window and never have to use the internet again? That's true. That's true. It's crazy. Wait, no way, I, that's I can't, but in theory you could. I can't in theory. <laughs> this is a theoretical. If you get to the point at which your regime is trying to kill you and limit your ability to do commerce and to eat and to drink and whatever, you'll throw that thing in the trash and you'll find your way. That will happen. People eat fucking shoes, dude. You'll throw your iPad in the garbage. Okay. So there's going to be cracks in the system 
And there's going to be places where people can retreat to if it comes to that, which it might. It's scary to think about because the technology is going to be like a binary moment where it's just done. And whomever is in control of that at the time may have may have legs for a long time. But but Jack, to push back and then I wanted to get to Verse and Daniel. I don't know where Andrew went Um, Mm -hmm. to push back a little bit. If you look at, you know, and I'm not one to talk because, uh, well, you probably tell. But if you look um, at the American people, how many people are willing to eat um, uh, stews consisting of uh, grasses in the Appalachian Hills? For example, how many people are willing to live like a Pashtun warrior in Waziristan when the fucking predator drone comes and they go further into the cave and they make guns by hand and they have their tongues ripped out? How, How many people are willing to live that lifestyle to oppose a predatory and alien regime that is willing to really destroy them well not everybody has to that's why you've got warriors that's why you got farmers and that's why you got priests Mm, mm, that's that's true but do you think that people would for the sake of their own longevity do you think that um the narratives that they're pushing for example i mentioned the radicalization one that they're so sort of effective that before we get to the point where people are seriously going to consider living such a, let's say, different lifestyle that's counter to what, you know, going into the pod and eating the bugs. Do you think that most people, they'll just accept the Soma, they'll accept becoming a human battery, going into the VR port in the existence uh, Neuralink and having a million orgasms with uh, anime uh, girls and do you wait, think they, wait, that's where's the is there a waiting list for this verse they're doing a rollout for that yeah <laughs> verse already got the like the, the, the top sometimes. positions for that yeah uh yeah. we got 2d mm-hmm. waifus soon to be in 3d but uh that's the uh that's the the trap that's the hedonic treadmill they're trying to put you on so that you don't right. they'll keep you fed they'll keep you you know with the 2d you'll waifus. have your soy protein and your yeah right. well be, this is this is kind of what Jason Giorgiani was talking about. He was talking about how in the future there's going to be this two class of people, kind of like the Eloy and the Morlocks, only instead of the Morlocks, they're going to be robot people, like half people, half robots, that'll eventually be replaced by pure robots. Meanwhile, you'll have the Overmen, who are going to be like the old gods of Atlantis, you know, aided by their technology. But I don't really see it working in terms of the people who we have right now. They don't look like Atlantean gods. They don't think like Atlantean Atlantean gods, it seems to me. I mean, they don't seem to measure up to a certain level of, like, the founding fathers, let's say, or whoever you want to point at and say, like, this would be an elite that I would follow, you know? Like, that's really what I'm trying to figure out here. Can we, and we talked about this before, but uh, can we grow this new elite that would be able to preserve civilization through this change, which I think is sort of inevitable. I think people may end up getting roboticized a la Dr. Robotnik from Sonic the Hedgehog uh, in the future, but uh, I don't know. Well, no, we're, we don't, so I think that that's actually a miss, uh, yes and no, right? So I think like a lot of the people, people think you're going to get a chip in your head and blah, blah, blah. There's really no need because we're walking around with all of human knowledge in in the history of humanity like in our in our pockets so there's no real need to put that in your head however people are going to still do it because they want to like you know kind of like people are going to start using the neural link because they want to feel like they're trendy and then it people will do it but there is no real need to do it so i think a lot of people are going to push back but then again we have the whole like the whole trans thing is a transhumanism 
in disguise on like a soft transhumanism. So right. I don't know. I can't really speak. I don't know what people hmm. will do. People now, philosophy do tube is going to be the uh, god of, yeah. uh, and Vouch, they're going to be up there. And uh, Vouch is a CIA plan. So yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and by the way, allegedly, Jack, by the way, yes. out of the 500 grand he gets every year, he allegedly only pockets one. 1,000, uh, oh, 100,000, but allegedly. And, uh, and, and Jack, I want to be respectful of your time. I don't know how much uh, uh, you have right now. What I wanted to uh, do is any other questions people here have, and then I want to go to Super Chats as well as any uh, final uh, remarks. But also before that, any thoughts on the robot question? If not, we can move on. Robot question. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, guys in the liminal order, maybe they're just attracted to what we've got going on, or maybe this is a trend uh, nationwide, but uh, everyone to a man inside the LO wants to increase their physical uh, self, uh, um, sorry, their physical sovereignty, food sovereignty, water sovereignty, physical security sovereignty, financial sovereignty. Okay. We, we, all of us are looking at that. I've been looking at land. We've got a concentration of LO guys in Appalachia, Eastern Tennessee, Southwestern Virginia, West Virginia, Western North Carolina. Guys are moving there. We are setting up homesteads, collective homesteads. We are deciding to, this is, this is, this is not the old days where you want to like go off grid. No, no, no. You want to get off the grids you want off of and get on the grids you want to be on. Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. And that is the future. It's like being direct connected to your water and food and physical security, as well as then being connected via some sort of network to the rest of the network that you want to be connected to. The one that helps give you meaning, the one that helps give you support, the one that gives you community, fellowship, financial security, business opportunities, enrichment, socialization, spouses for your wife, for your children. Okay, this is this is off the grid on the grid. It's got to be a combination to have your full sovereignty. Now, will there be an uptick in Waco's and Ruby Ridges? Come yeah, this that's decade? what I was gonna ask. Yeah, it's possible. it's possible. Have you heard of Have you heard of Osho? Osho. Uh, the name sounds familiar, but I don't Wait, know. Wait, wild, 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 wild country. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I watched that whole documentary. Okay, wow. that, so I think unironically, maybe Liminal Order or these other groups, maybe they should take over local legislators in some pissy town. Nobody cares. Dude, we, have, we have spreadsheets of counties, county sizes, population sizes, type of structure of government, what it would take for us, voting requirements, what it would take for us to move into a jurisdiction, take right. over a jurisdiction, because that's what you have then fucking police education you charge your schools and your sheriff but it would be less e difficult to actually bomb an american town and and waco you than it would if you had some david koresh style compound out in the middle of nowhere right so that's, that's right. why right. osha that, they got that's away civil with war. it yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's civil war not just the government being tyrannical mm, right so it's like the prince is oh, there? by the way, I just want to say that it wasn't Osho himself. It was his crazy uh, second in command. She was the one that did all that. He distanced, <laughs> distanced himself. Highly yes. competent. <laughs> yeah, she that was. That lady was highly competent. Highly competent, yeah. And by the way, Francis Ventura <laughs> had this question, which I will phrase. I mean, you could see it in the chat over here. If you see the chat, it's in the gallery view. So yeah. as far as just a financial advice going forward, like what would be the primary thing you would recommend for people to be able to... Uh, you know, maintain a certain quality of life in the midst of a lot of these things that are happening? Like, what would be some of your... 
today or in the future? today well today and then in the future like so what yeah. we do in the liminal order is we train people up to be what i call info homesteaders people this is an analogy people who can go into the information landscape mine the information hills for gold mine the information hills for protection sovereignty and security and do it without being dependent upon the leviathan okay that's number one if you are attached to a corporation or the Leviathan, you are fragile, you are not resilient, combining concepts there. You are also at the fucking mercy of the people that you hate and who hate you. You gotta get disconnected from the Leviathan in any way possible. You've got to build your own capacity to be an info homesteader. We are in still the first inning of the internet, guys. There is money to be made. There is positions to be had, stakes to take, to claim, get out there and make it work. now. Long term, long term, our vision for the liminal order is to move what we call the gross network product, which is the economic activity of everyone in our network, to move it from outside of the barrier to inside the barrier so that we can conduct the economic activity that we need for ourselves inside with our own people who share our own values, who see the world that we do the same way we do, and we're working towards a common goal. So we are, we're moving the, the GNP, gross network product, inside of the liminal order as best as possible. And we're already seeing that. We've got CEOs of startup companies that you would know, backed by venture capitalists that you would know, where our guys in the liminal order participated in the syndication. We incubate business. We incubate guys that are trying to become info homesteaders. And we're cultivating this whole culture of being able to earn on your own separate from Leviathan. There's a whole culture building the tech guys, the crypto guys, guys like Pomp and Balaji and those guys, they see the future the same way that we do. I talk to Balaji all the time in DM. We talk about how are we going to build this vision that you're talking about. Fortunately, he doesn't know exactly just yet, but we're still making our progress. Those guys on the crypto, the Miami scene, those guys. Shout out to my homies. It's very, it's, okay, cool. They, they, they are very quietly establishing an anti-woke, non-woke capital environment, a non-woke corporate environment, a non-woke tech, tech environment. The, a lot of the guys in tech, they, they don't like this, what's going on. They really don't. And half of our members, of our 700 members in the LO are tech guys, half. Mm -hmm. Does it start, by the way, from certain companies banning uh, talking about politics in the workplace? Like I've noticed a few companies, even Facebook, yeah. like believe Coinbase, it or not, have started that guy it. got shredded though. Well, no, yeah, I, th I think uh, base camp. For it. but he well, was doing it to be he was doing it to to not be woke, though. That's why he banned mm. politics. Yeah. Well, I think Facebook, I think it. Facebook also banned politics uh, no, discussion they, in the workplace. They have, politics is ingrained in Facebook. Yeah. No, no, no. no I think they did. Sandberg there and she's going to. Well, the, the people themselves. But I'm talking about the actual conversations within. I see that as a oh. positive sign. They did, as far as I understand, uh, ban political discussions. But I want to make sure we get to Super Chats. But before that, Verse, Daniel, Geo, any questions for Jack uh, before I move on to Supers? Well, Verus, you could talk about crypto a little bit. Uh, no, I mean, Jack, a lot of what Jack's describing is kind of like what I also like feel like, like, net, like the when I talk about like netocratic stuff and how like, you know, people who are like these, like the net aristocracy kind of comes together. They create these insular things. And like Bard even talks about how um, capitalism is about exploiting and taking uh, advantage of opportunity. Whereas like the on the internet, it's the opposite where in, he calls it like imploitation, where it's like, you want to create these like networks that are include um that are ex exclusive 
so that you can like hoard the um use like your in inner network to create more value which is literally what yes. jack is describing so, so you're saying yes. that the internet is the opposite of the classic quote from marx which is kind of trad in some ways that all that is solid melts into air. Capital is a salt, like you know, a typical yes. Deleuze Nick Land like, argument. I, I, capital is a salt. You're saying that the the netocratic political order is going to be exclusionary, tribalistic, and it's going to yes. negate just use value of things that can universalize. Yes it's, and no. It's against you. Well, so it's tribalistic, right? But obviously, it's not from people who are necessarily near you. It's people who have right. similar values or like of similar usefulness. But also that like by the time it's actually sold by the time it's actually sold it's already lost the value so like typically mm. speaking like you'll even well you already kind of pe people already kind of already talk about this word like, like memes right like as soon as it hits the mainstream like no, 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 like i mean literally sold like oh like, you like mean people yeah, yeah. for example can tell like we call it grifting now like once something kind right. of lost its edge and value that's right. when it sells and at that kind of like when yahoo sold uh, yeah. at the top like we just don't value someone who sells off because when, the, when Lenny Man was profiled mindset, in the New York Times, when Lenny Man was profiled in the New York Times, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, be, yeah, 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 it's similar to that. Where once it hits, once it leaves that exclusionary network, or yeah, that's when you go, okay, it's lost its value. That's why they sold it off. So it's kind right. of like dead already. Mm. The, the importation is more important on the internet. And, and what uh, we what we're seeing there's there are VC syndicates out there that are anti woke explicitly. The crypto, um, not the foundations, but like not even philanthropy, but like crypto VC world, people that have made their money outside of the system who hate the system who are literally working every day to buck the system. They don't want to create more corporations that are just going to be the system. They want to create things that are going to avoid all that stuff and fight back against it. And it's out there. If you have an idea that's going to be anti-woke, there's the anti-woke capital out there that will find you. In fact, if you join the Liminal Order, we got a whole syndicate group, we got a whole credit investors group, and we got a whole business advisory group that incubates these kind of things and takes them all the way through to funding and all the way out into the market. See, that's, but that's the thing, Jack. I mean, the problem with a lot of right-wing groups is that everyone wants to be, and I know I it's totally ironic because uh, as a writer and an artist myself, everyone wants to be a podcaster or <laughs> writing articles like NRX. No one wants to do any sort of practical thing, like have a bunch of uh, bankers and investors and people that know the financial system and know the political system in and out hmm. to actually do anything to achieve. Meaningful well, Geo, this is where you're wrong and you're wrong because of fair. Now, FAIR, it's not right-wing, but it Whoa. is anti-woke. So, uh, oh, Jack, have you heard of FAIR, the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism? No. So I'm putting a link to it right here. It will be an interesting thing for you to look at. You may have known, there... you know, you've known some okay. people. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there, yeah. There's a I lot of on there. The board is yeah. mixed. The board is mixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To say so the have... least. Ayan Hirsi Ali, Melissa Chen, Daryl Davis, uh, Niall Ferguson, yeah, they, uh, Steven Pinker. Oh. Uh, I thought about supporting them, but then I saw that there was a bunch of names on there. I was like, I don't, can't do yeah. it. That's like the yeah. fucking Harper's letter with all the good guys. <laughs> yeah. But well, to, but to their Pinker on there, I mean, he took uh, Epstein. Uh, yeah. Never mind. Oh, yeah. what, what, whatever, Gio. No, but uh, <laughs> actually, we're going to have Kenny Zhu uh, on our show. He's coming up and he's on their uh, board of advisors as well. And I got to meet a lot of very interesting people through there. But the thing that I would say about FAIR is that at least they're going out there and helping out the teachers who have been. Um, right. They're you an know, educational outreach in enterprise. They're trying to give teachers and educators a way language, words, lexicon.
Khan in order to fight some of the stuff that we're seeing, especially stuff that Rufo and Lindsay are working on. Yeah. By the way, I got Lindsay and Rufo, Rufo coming on together in a few weeks. That's going to be nice. awesome as well. But look, like guys, my what I'm doing is grassroots. We are literally starting with how like get out and get into the gym. So we're starting there. Sun and steel is a real thing. Saving the world starts in the squat rack. Then you take care of yourself, then your family, then your community, then the nation. That's we're, we're grassroots ground up, but we've got guys that are looking to change themselves today. We've got guys that are also looking to change the world and have the capability, the mm -hmm. means, the motivation to do it. So what we're doing is just one part of the, the great number of things that we need in order to win at the end of the day, whatever that exactly looks like. But we're not afraid to do the nitty gritty, man. This is, we, we, we are starting with the nucleus and building out from there because everything we got right now is rotten to the core. Absolutely. It, it, well, it's just fascinating to me how long it, it has taken for people to actually take uh, forward steps in order to combat what is going on. Well, first, it's fascinating to me how long, uh, how long it has been since our institution started rotting and how we've just said, oh, like, it's going to be fine. It'll be fine. You know, I remember, I mean, with the with the uh, university debate, a lot of people said, you know, it'll be fine once again to the the workforce. You know, they'll see how the how real life, <laughs> the real works world, and, yeah, and that's then, such and a they, boomer opinion, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and, the, and now you know we're freaking out and everything, but yeah, it it, it really does fascinate me how long it's, it's taken us to identify the problem and act on it, and you know, the the big question now is. Is it too late? Because you know a lot of these problems are generational. We're not going to solve them in like in one or two steps. And in the left have the left has taken decades to get to this point. And you know it, it will take a good amount of time. I mean decades to reverse it. Uh, it, it. For example, if you want to solve the the high single motherhood rate in in the black community, that's a generational problem. You know, there's going to be a, a generation, generation or two who will feel the brunt of the attack and you have to go through those generations and cut the cycle there for, cut the cycle there so later on, children can actually have two parents in a household, you know, well, and so. Well, I wanted to ask, like, Jack, you have only five minutes left. Uh, uh, what about the uh, question of uh, the dropping fertility rates? Sorry to cut you off, Dan, but just, you have to go, Jack. Uh, dropping fertility rates, how do men uh, marry? Um, Monogamy's been totally destroyed. Dating apps are like totally uh, psyoping us into oblivion. How do we solve that practically? How can the vast majority mm. of men find meaningful relationships? And, and then super chats real quick. And then yeah. super chats. The chats in the squat rack, step one. Oh, It all starts from there. This is an internal fight. You got to fight. No one is... Come on, guys. No yeah. one is coming to save you. And no look, one. I know I'm a skinny dude. Like, look at my wrist. It's very skinny. But I was, lifting, I was lifting... I was lifting last time 245 pounds in the uh, deadlift several times, like five times. Then I lifted maybe 245 more times and so on and so forth. So I'm getting there because I have the determination. And one last thing right. I wanted to show you before Super Chats. If you take a look at your logo over here, Liminal Order. I don't know who came up with the uh, specific design. It's a very nice looking design. But it reminds me of something 
something that we see time and time again in all these ancient civilizations. See like this uh, wing spread over here. We see that in Persian culture, the Farvahar. To me, that whole yeah, thing with the tree... With Some the tree, rock, well, yeah. exactly. Like this tree is the tree of uh, it's the tree of life, and what that means to me, at least, is you see that in the seven chakras. You see that in all these systems of like the human body being this temple that you can develop, and there being like a like this liquid spiritual energy that you can transmute like a sexual energy that you could transmute so that it goes up and eventually it reaches the point where you unite with god so that's like what all the mystery schools were talking about i know i brought that up before but i just want to say that i don't know if that was intentional the picture of the logo to symbolize that but uh, that's at least what i saw the the bird is a raven to symbolize transformation and knowledge seeking and the and and bringing a discussion from the spirit world into the into the the, the meat world right the the raven in Nordic mythology would go back and forth between the land of the gods and the and the land of the men and it's about transformation right this is all about transformation the laurel wreath is about brotherhood and community and the eye is about knowledge and seeking knowledge and spreading the good light. That's what we're all about, man. And our core Excellent. values are represented in that logo, and it's represented in everything that we do. And real quick, Super Chat. Super Iron Bob, $5. We allowed the state to take over the local charities groups that were cultural institutions that would coordinate these events, rebuild those. I think you're on the way to doing mm -hmm. that. Another Definitely. Super Iron Bob, $5. The establishment of a permanent bureaucracy that's not accountable to the executive, where they cannot be fired, means checks and balances do not exist. Well, that, that, that is the, very uh, interesting. I mean, I, I I read the some of the Federalist Papers. I'm still uh, going through them, and I don't think, uh, from what I've read, you know, when Hamilton talks about the executive branch, I mean, the reason why we have one president is because uh, he he talks about a it we we want unity in the executive, and he talk in the Federalist Papers. He talks about how you know if you had a council as the executive, it, it would take longer for us to execute. But another thing he talked about was uh, responsibility. And he said that in a council, you, you don't know who's responsible for what, you know? And so, and, and this is also his justification for why uh, the, the president nominates a, uh, a justice and then the Senate just confirms it, you know? Uh, uh, and it's, it's interesting because it's crazy how in the Federalist Papers, I mean, Hamilton makes it pretty clear that the executive must be unitary. There must be one person so we can see the wrongdoing. But we've ended up having a huge bureaucracy in the executive branch that is so that that's obfuscated our view so much. And we don't know what's going on anymore. And that, that's just something we need mm. to. To, to care with that's something we absolutely need to well real real quick i just to make sure because jack has to go real yeah. quick over here so super iron bob twenty dollars oh man oh man as my uncle used to say demand better <laughs> elites bring back hashtag bring back noblesse oblige then we have 25 polish dollars which is around six dollars from polish ambassador the actual ambassador of poland mind you that's how big our stream is uh this new elite would require a value virtue system behind them we failed those because all options are valid all opinions are valid no ours are correct get lost polish ambassador 10 polish dollars sorry it's too late imagine bad now imagine more so there we go but i <laughs> I want to leave on a good note by saying, Jack, thank you so much for the work that you've done and the work that you are doing right now. Mm -hmm. You are an inspiration to all the people out there. So I hope you keep doing the work and we're all going to be doing the work as well to rise up. 
and rise beyond whatever limitations we currently have in this world. Thanks a lot, Lev. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Daniel and Gio. Thanks for having me Thank on. Uh, it, was a, it was a good time. Two hours went faster than I thought. And, uh, you know, guys, just find me out there on Twitter at Jack Murphy Live. Sign up for the Liminal Order mailing list. New emails every Monday, liminal-order.com. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Jack Murphy Live. Find me, Jack Murphy Live, anywhere on the internet. Thanks very much, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Will me, do. Guys, subscribe to Jack Murphy right now. Maybe Keep you should come on again with Alexander yes. Barr. That would be interesting. Oh, man. The Battle of the Beards. That would be uh, that would be quite <laughs> something. But, guys, listen. we got to grow this channel. Him, oh, I don't know. we gotta, we got to bring him back for the end. But, guys, uh, please subscribe right now you know we got to grow the channel you know you know how shy we are about asking this you know how delicate we are about it but despite that i'm going to resist the shyness and i'm just going to step out and say it you guys gotta subscribe because if you subscribe we grow and we are on all the major platforms this is streaming on odyssey this is streaming on facebook could you believe that yes we have a facebook page facebook.com slash break the rules so you guys better join it up i'm not gonna rat on you i'm not gonna dox yeah, you yeah so facebook.com yeah, you, have to, slash you have to share yeah. share with your friends you know show people spread the conversation you know th today i was i was reading on on the train you know uh, the passion of the western mind and in and i'm gonna keep this quick but in school like ap world you're taught well the reason why uh people uh the reason why people were not super smart in the medieval age is because of christianity but i've learned from that book that well that's really a bad comparison because i mean even during the time of uh ancient greece socrates was put to put to death for being unorthodox and so this idea of a dogmatic uh you know uh, a dogmatic uh, religion uh, stopping people from being from from thinking for themselves is, you know, is bonkers. And so we need to find this information for ourselves, right? I learned I, I learned the false information from school, but we need to teach each other. We need to share this, share the video, subscribe, like it up, right? Because bell, like up don't for forget about the bell. If the algorithm fails us, share it. Let people know yes. that we're having these conversations. You've heard it, you know, we have yeah, to build it from the ground up. Absolutely. And this is why we are also on Odyssey. And Odyssey is a very important network that's coming out right now because everything that is said here goes on there permanently. Nobody can get rid of it. It's there forever. So odyssey.com slash break the rules. No three, just break the rules. So go there. And we also have, let's see what we have. We have Twitch. We are live streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash break break the rules for now let's not let's not jinx it geo uh then we have over here dlive.tv slash break the rules we are there as well here we go so be sure to subscribe to us on dlive as well and uh what else we got and uh and modern hermeticist wants a bone to pick with you love for your oh boy look i have these inner visions and, I and everything i say christ yes good by the way speaking of which I'm going to come up with a series where I dramatically narrate and give some commentary to the book of Revelation. Hopefully the first video is going to drop either um, tomorrow or Friday. So, uh, yeah. I love this comment, by the way. Somebody wrote here, uh, Jack hitting the road. Let's see, who was that? Uh, yes, exactly. That was a nice pun. But anyway, we are on all these networks. We are also on all the audio platforms, by the way. That is very important that you guys go to the audio platforms. Yeah, I can't listen to Spotify, but you guys can. Yeah, break the rules. I pay for it in Canada. 
Breaktherules.captivate.fm. That is where you get all of the audio platforms. And by the way, if you guys want every single platform that we are on, we also finally have a link tree. So if you don't want... Yeah, I have to to actually do my link tree soon, so... Yeah, so if you guys go to the link tree... Instagram, you only have like one link, you know. You're going to be able to find everything there. Let's see, here it is. Link tree break the rules i'm posting it in the chat so everybody be sure to oh no that was a weird link hold on here we go link tree break the rules go there or be square and all the audio platforms give us five stars look there are 78 people here right now give us five stars right now get your apple device we are on apple podcasts so give us five stars and help us grow there as well i know this geo this is what i'm talking about because boomers will listen to apple Podcasts. So we got to up our Facebook game. I think we got to spread it to um, modern hermeticists. I have no common intervisions. Can't debate those. I just debate the equation of chakras with all other categorized systems for different cultures. Yeah, I agree, Lev. You're pretty, you got to cut down on the perennial estates, buddy. It's, it's, it's kind of true. I mean, you're all over the place. I don't care that I'm all over the place. I feel that I am right, and that is why Le- I'm Le- correct. Le- who has a PhD in history here? You who has modern medicine? Who has uh, who sorry, has Kundal- who has Kundalini going up and down their spine? Who has Kundalini going up and down the spine? That's what the books can't he has teach you. Plenty of Kundalini. I can Gund- guarantee you. Kundalini, you mean? Gun- anyway. Oh. Anyway, I'm I kid. Lev, say right now, Lev. Say you hate the Antichrist. I hate the Antichrist. Okay, there. thank you. There you go. All right, now you know that I'm safe. Yeah. Anyway, now this you guys. This podcast hates the Antichrist. It's very true. yes. Okay, so now what else we got? Spotify. Let me open up the Spotify link as well over here. One second. This is where. Oh, you who can... are we gonna have on Thursday, Lev? On Thursday. Okay, so on Thursday. I'm trying to get a hold of a Ayla girl. I don't know what's up, but if that does not happen, I have another stream that is lined up. The stream that I have lined up is going to be an astrology stream. Speaking of uh, oh the occult, God. that's going to be, yes, our third astrology stream. Brittany Venti's coming, and we are going to have Athena Hyatt coming in as well. And uh, we're going to see if uh, Charles is also going to be able to make it. And I'm inviting a few more people. And then for the people who actually want, like, towards the end, like, the last uh, three people to get their readings done on the air, I'm going to set up... We're going to read Athena's and Britney's? Yes. I'm going to set up... Yes, I'm going to set up another auction so that you guys can send super chats our way and whoever gets the highest super chats are the ones that are going to be read, but just like the top three and everybody else would also be read afterwards, but that would not be during the show. So just like we did it last time, this is what's going down. This is what's crackalacking. So be sure to subscribe. Well, and get, lastly, get Brittany to really like promote the hell out of that one because like to her fans to be like, I'm having my, my horoscope read absolutely no, that'd be you know, women love that shit so that's, that uh yeah. it, sh- it shall be done <laughs> and uh daniel do you like horoscopes do you like us i mean you oh, were there no, at the as, national as, yeah as as a i mean the way what was his name michael yeah michael scott you met the him way, the way the way michael explained it was uh interesting but you know the the girly uh you know uh this is my sign yeah and like i i do this because of my sign is uh <laughs> outrageously stupid and i want no part of that uh so i don't know but um ultimately i i, I think today was a a great uh conversation i definitely it's definitely not going to be as good as astrology conversation you're going to have on thursday uh but yeah i am not into astrology that much though michael has opened my my ears a bit 
And maybe he'll open your third eye eventually, Astrology too. Astrology we'll is see. just racism for women. <laughs> I forget who said that. I think it was either Sean. He's no longer with us. I don't mean he's dead. I mean, he's... he's dead. He Every time you internet. say he... Well, it might as well be a death yeah, in that case. Yeah, well, because like people doxed him and he was going into the military and it wasn't mm. good. Um, no, It was either him or it may have been Verse or it may have been ZHP that said it. But I think someone originally said uh, astrology is just racism for women. Mm. So that's so. Okay, so here's who we have coming up. By the way, can Tuesday... we combine astrology and racism? I wonder. I think that's what they were doing, uh, like uh, before the Third Reich. Like they had Why, all those mystics. Devi, was she doing that? I believe so. But anyway, we have <laughs> oh, Tuesday, Tuesday, July twentieth. Travis Brown, uh, uh, twitter.com slash become the signal. Uh, he directed the woke reformation and he is going to be there with the prudentialist and mm. also with Uber Boyo. Uber Boyo is back. Oh my God. Then we are going to have David Reboy coming in Thursday, July oh, 22. Nice. Jack also had him on his show. Yeah. So that should be a Darren very, Beattie. can we get Darren Beatty? We'll see. And then we're gonna have Indian Bronson with him as well, so that should nice. be a that should be a fun episode. And uh, let's see who else we got. Then we have the E Girl E Grill stream oh. Tuesday, July twenty seventh. Oh. So Gio, you better Who's gonna be on it. Well, you're gonna be on it with an well, actual obviously. grill, so you got You got to actually grill I'm during live stream. To be with, yeah, I, I could. I, with my iPhone, I probably could. exactly. Well, um, G Gio, let us know which e girls you want to bring on. I want to bring on Bimbo Ubermensch. I mean, Br Venti's definitely coming, oh. and uh, let us know. Uh, let us know who else well, you have I mean, in mind. I mean, let's go down. Oh, I wanted to get Mommy Milkers on. She'd be pretty good. Excellent. My get friend it. Alicia. I mean, a default friend comes, and my friend Alicia would come. Yes, get get in touch and let's make that happen. Next, we are going to have uh, Kenny Zhu, who I mentioned before, who was on the Fair Board of Advisors. He is coming in Thursday, July 29th, and uh, the Prudentialist is also going to be joining us on that one. We are going to have Tuesday, August 3, Logo Daedalus and Amy Therese. Oh, Woo! that's going to be a barn burner. Imagine them two going at it. Mm, oh my yeah. god get, you get, don't want to miss it get a room you two anyway then we're gonna have oh, wilford he's married <laughs> uh, wilford riley thursday august 5 he is gonna be coming in with us that's gonna be and daniel wilford you're gonna be joining wilford riley so Who's for those that? who don't, i will tell you right now who wilford riley is uh so wilford riley he has in the wikipedia entry is an american political scientist he's an assistant professor of political science at kentucky state he holds a phd in political science in southern illinois university oh, uh so he wrote the book hate crime hoax how the left is selling a fake race oh, war oh yeah Yes, oh, I'd like to come on and talk about that. Please, absolutely. Well, uh, please Lev, I in. know that uh, certain uh, people, you know that I know it's such a stupid um, anti-Semitic uh, a Wyatt man meme. Don't make me get your dad you know, on. You know um, <laughs> what you do in there, Merchant, and it's like the the like spray painting the swastika on his. Yes, own, no, no, it's not Merchant. It's a it's, it's it's Rabbi, but yes. Yeah, but sorry, what you doing, Rabbi? Yeah. Yeah. How it's how do I know these things it's, more? How do I know actually, these proper? things more than you well, you're the because one you're probably subjected to it more than all right well, here next yeah. uh riley participated well speaking of that riley participated in the regional in the regionally televised debate against uh jared taylor so, oh my god 
Yeah, so we're gonna have uh, plenty. Well, could to talk we about. get Jared Taylor on? Are you be comfortable with that, Love? I mean, look, let's. He's certainly let's, less glowing than like Richard Spencer, in my opinion. We're okay. Let's, look, uh, eventually, I want to have everybody on. Let's eventually play we want to have Keith Woods let's, against let's Matthew Siegel. Keith Woods versus Matthew Siegel. We want to meme this into reality. And Matthew Siegel, if you know this, he is an actual seagull. So he's probably going <laughs> to be going and like trying to pry uh, his eyes out. You I'm know? sure like, when he takes drugs at Burning Man, he thinks he's an actual seagull. So. So next we are going to have um uh we are going to have Uncle Doomer coming in and that's going nice. to be Thursday August 12th and uh we are also going to have What are we talking then, about with Uncle Doomer? We'll see. We're going to have Tuesday August 17th Patriot J. Then we're going to have another J coming in Thursday August 19th Jason Giorgiani. That mm. is happening Thursday August 19th. Then we are going to have another J coming in. All these J's. Hotep Jesus. He's oh. coming in Tuesday, August 24th. Wait, who's Patriot J? Uh, Patriot J, he is a rapper. He's a friend of Anomalies. He's a cool dude. I think oh. he is also, he's also a hotep as well. So that's I mean, look, well, how do you spell his name? Uh, Patriot J, just look it up on uh, Twitter and uh, you should uh, you should be able to get it. It's Well, actually, his Twitter is Sir Hottest. I love that name, Sir Hottest. That's very nice. So then we are going to have, uh, after Hotep uh, Jesus, we're going to have Uber Boyo and Jonathan Peugeot, Thursday, Ooh. August 26th. And uh, then we are going to have uh, Count Dankula, Thursday, September 2. So as you can see, we have like a Wait, broader... did you say Count Dankula? Yeah, I said Count Dankula. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not that so... I, like, I mean, not that I agree with him on... Ah, well, that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, actually. so we have a we have a broad oh. array of guests. We have a broad array of guests. Dankula. We are growing. That's, that's something else. But look, guys, guys, let me let me let me be frank here. The only way we can keep doing this, get all these, get you know what I'm about to say. Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/BreakTheRules. Here, this guy. This is the last time you're gonna see him on the screen because tomorrow, definitely legit, is gonna have a new home. Hello, everybody. I'm definitely legit. Bark, 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 bark. This is the last time you're going to see me. This is the last time Lev is going to make this impression of me. Bark, 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 bark. So, guys, this magnet is going to be somebody's. It's not going to be yours because this is it. Definitely legit is leaving the pound and is going to a new doghouse. But you guys can have another magnet because we're going to be making more of these magnets, even maybe more definitely legit magnets. We'll see. They're going to be completely random. If you guys become, well, before the $20 tier, if you become $5 tier uh, Patreons, you are going to get access to the Discord, uh, well, certain places in the Discord that uh, the civilians can't get to. You'll be able to type in the BTR chat while the stream is going on. You will be able to also enjoy the MP3 uh formats of the show as soon as they come out before they come out to anybody else lucky you and not only that lucky you you're going to have exclusive patreon only content that we are going to be making soon we're uh, talking about a few very interesting things down the horizon with that and uh yeah and certain patreon only things like that shizo post geo do you remember that one that we did mm -hmm. we have to well we should think of something else for the patreon exclusive yes well, well we're gonna yes uh, I was gonna say I have to I have to go now, but I enjoyed the yeah. conversation. I'm definitely uh, I can't wait to talk about the. Um, you said you you was gonna have Patriot J on. I think that would be an interesting conversation too. Absolutely. But yeah, definitely send me the forms. I'll check out what conversations we'll be having in the future. And if I feel like I can uh, add something to the conversation, I definitely 
Uh, how, we'll how do you show spell up. his name? Patriot. How do you do it? Well, just type in Patriot J. But uh, I Patria? also Patriot. Patriot. But here. Patriot. Oh my God. Yeah. Gio, what the fuck is wrong with you? Patriot. Yeah. Here. here. Yeah, it's right. It's right. There. Sir, yeah. sir, hottest. But yeah, yeah so I, I'm gonna log off now. Uh, thank you for having me again. Uh, uh, thank you, Daniel. Everybody. Holy shit! This guy. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. He's pretty. He's pretty popular. Thank you, Daniel. Sorry, I'm just. Uh, <laughs> man, I'm gonna follow him right now. <laughs> yes. But yeah, um, yeah. Thank you for having me. For uh, anybody... guys, fo follow Daniel on Twitter right now. I posted his link over here. Please follow Daniel. Uh, I'm a, I'm a new one, but you yes. know you can go through. I posted a a thread about uh, what's happening in in this Cuba. Kodak White. <laughs> Kodak White. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I posted. Yeah, what, oh yeah, Cuba. What's what's going on with Cuba? Yeah, I um I just posted about how you know, uh, people will say that you know uh this is what's what's going on in Cuba is not really about um fighting uh socialism or whatever and mm -hmm. in my thread i i go and uh, i talk about how uh socialism communism and authoritarianism in any sense is related and how does the left tries to gaslight you and say well that's just communism not socialism or is it's just authoritarian regimes not actual socialism or communism and i talk about how the anointed share a vision in all three of these uh systems but, but why are they rebelling in what's happening with cuba is there recent events or Raul? well the the media spin is that you know it's just COVID 19 and you know the lack but, of COVID 19 resources but in reality oh. what we've seen on the ground you know with people waving american flags and the the, the the things that they're singing we're we're really seeing with the use of the internet we talked about like the uh, democratization of 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 people and how people can use that against a regime uh we literally just talked about that uh with the internet, Cubans all around the country, and it really hasn't been planned. It's really just been from like the internet. Cubans seeing other Cubans protest. They've been protesting the uh, tyranny that they've been experiencing. The, 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 my problem is when you start to see American flags in these countries, then it, there's got to be like Hong Kong. There's got to be some psyop involved. I don't know. Maybe that's just my paranoid um, Eurasianist <laughs> take, Lev. But uh... <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. we can continue this next time. Guys, yeah, thank you yeah. for having me. If you guys thank want to you. check out uh, 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 Shameless Promotion, if you guys want to check out my channel, you can go Daniel Eat Friends is my name, mm -hmm. the tag, as you can see. Pretty hard last name to spell, but trust me, it'll all Here, be fine. You Daniel, you should change your YouTube to Daniel Defense. Like, but Defense, like, have you ever watched the movie Falling Down? Uh, I haven't, but... You gotta Here, watch I... this movie. This is I... like okay. the Red Pill Manosphere, the movie. With Michael Douglas, okay. um, right. it's but the main character his name is Defense, so that would be like <laughs> Defense. <laughs> yes, exactly. There you go. But yeah, so guys, can... follow Daniel on YouTube. Please go for that. And uh, this is it. This is the end of the stream. And also, of course, you guys have to uh, let's see what is this Odyssey. Go to Odyssey. Support us in Odyssey. All as our well. backup that yeah, will so... be there forever. Support Hopefully. Daniel and also once again Patreon. Oh my my YouTube channel, I'm gonna release I just have to draw a banner photo. I think I'm gonna do the line with wings for the first one. Nice. So nice. let me let me post that as well, everybody. Go to YouTube. Oh my recent video, yeah. The the humans of flat design, the YouTube yes. video. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Please um I tried my out. best to avoid the words. Here we there go. There you go. Look at Look that at armpit. That. There's probably a whole civilization living inside that armpit.
over here. There, there is, there was back in the day. Um, I remember that one YouTuber. I shouldn't mention his name. I'll get totally canceled. He had the one series. Um, what was it called? Uh, the one Tumblr, like, uh, yeah, where like they had like videos of like feminists. They like dyed their pits purple. Ooh. Yeah. Imagine, imagine the smell. That's all I gotta say. Imagine oh, the smell. Man. All right. Apparently, hair dye is really bad for you. Apparently, it is. Well, that's why they call it hair dye. Oops, see you, Daniel. It dis- see you, hair Daniel. Dye. It, it destroys the anyway, guys. This is the end. Once again, Patreon. And look, there may be some of you that have not subscribed right now. So please, just look at the guests we're having right on. Now. Yeah, what's going on? We're like if we're like if the we're like the kill stream. If Ethan Ralph didn't totally destroy himself and Ranbot and Gator didn't like link lick his gun crease. And uh, sorry, I shouldn't be talking mad smack. But uh, well, not that he'll listen. But it worked basically like if Internet Blood Sports was serious and didn't go the way of the dodo through their own uh, infighting and nonsense and trying to, you know, provoke uh, people calling each other f slurs for an hour. That's not really. I mean, it's funny, but I mean, I, I got to be honest. I watch that stuff too. But it's not serious intellectual work. I, I'm of the opinion that we could bring anyone on and we could get a good stream out of. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. But it's all up to you at the end of the day. So, guys, please keep subscribing, keep sending those super chats, become patrons. Thanks to you guys. And, and finally, one last word by Hopper8338. Kind of like, um, why well, you probably mean Hans Sermon Hopper, but I mean, like, probably Edward Hopper. The Overman is the unification of order and chaos, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning of the end. This is why I believe that Christ is the only true Overman. That's just my opinion, but I think that's a great response. But Hopper, next time I want to, re- if I'm going to read your thing, you better give us some super chats if you want me to read. Um, yeah, exactly. He's probably, he's <laughs> I know probably I'm like. Bad. He's I feel like so an... dirty extorting people like that. No, no, if well, I see well, something good in the chat, I want to read it. I don't give a shit. Look, Hopper is so... <laughs> probably like an actual grasshopper. Think of how how much effort it takes for a grasshopper to jump from right. one key to another. Like Type that Aesop fable. He had better save up for the winner. Exactly. And with that, guys, thank you so much for watching. Oh, my God. We got... Oh, okay. No, no. Okay.